Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and thank you for joining us today for conversations and support for targeted individuals. Today is Sunday, December 16th, 2018, and I am your host, Renata. Thank you guys for coming to today's call. Um, I tried to be on time. I think it was only a minute or two late today. That's not too bad for me. Um, so I thank you all for being here. So let's just um, open up in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you thanking you, Lord, for all your goodness, all your glory, Lord, all your mercies, Lord, that have followed us all the day of our lives. I ask you to fill this call with your presence, Lord. Fill our hearts with your love, Lord. We ask that your Holy Spirit guide us through um, all of our life's difficulties, Lord, and everything that we go through. And we just thank you, Lord. We're um, seeking peace in our lives, Lord. We're seeking peace in this chaotic world, Lord, with all of this um, stuff, this satanic world that we live in, Lord. We ask you for peace in the midst of it all, Lord. We ask you to just guide us through everything that we go through, Lord, and we just thank you for the victory. I ask that you uh, manifest, Lord, all good things in the lives of every single person that has come to this call, Lord. Watch over and protect them and their loved ones, Lord, and keep us praising you, Lord, all the days of our lives, Lord, no matter what it looks like, Lord, no matter what it sounds like, you told us to walk by faith, Lord, and not by sight. And that's what we will do, Lord. And we just thank you for the victory over all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, I had, oh, I had two scriptures. Okay. <clears throat> this comes uh, this scripture comes from Colossians 3 uh, verses 11 and 15. And this is the King James version. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity which is the bond of the perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Amen. That was Colossians 3 verses 11 and 15. And this is loaded. It's loaded. It's telling us how we should behave as Christians. It tells us that we should display mercy because God has mercy on us 
gives us new mercies every day. We should display kindness. We should be humble. And we should be long-suffering and meek. It also says meekness. Um, also, it tells us that we should forbear one another. We should forgive one another. Now, that's that's a hard one. That's a hard one for probably all of us. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm not speaking for everybody, but forgiveness can be difficult. I'm just being honest. It can be very difficult when you are um, constantly being violated, constantly having to deal with everything that we deal with. It can be really, really, really hard to forgive, but the Bible tells us to forgive one another. And it says, if any man have a quarrel against any, um, even as Christ has forgiven you, also do ye. Okay, so when the Lord uh, Jesus died on the cross for us, he forgave us of all of our sins. And all we need to do is repent daily, and he will continue to forgive us for our sins. But he's saying that just as he forgives us, we need to be just as forgiving towards the next person who we feel has sinned against us, okay? And it says, above all these things that, that, that they just mentioned in these scriptures, it says, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, okay? There's no perfect person. We know that. But charity is getting us, according to the scripture, a step closer to being perfect. Okay, the mean you're going to be perfect is getting you a step closer. It says it's the bond of perfectness. Charity. Charity is helping your fellow brother, sister, stranger. Random acts of kindness. Intentional acts of kindness. Helping someone in need. Yes, most TIs um, are not doing the best financially. That's understandable. God knows that. But we're always doing a little better than someone else. So this scripture is saying above everything that you do, forgiving, you're being humble, you're being kind, you're being long-suffering, you're, you're, you're loving, you're treating your, your fellow man right, you're having mercy on people. But above all of that, and you're supposed to do those things as well, but above all of that, the scripture says, display charity. And with charity comes compassion. Be compassionate towards the next person. Help the next person. It doesn't have to be material things. It doesn't. I remember one time a long time ago, this was years ago, my mom and I were driving on a really busy street. And if anybody knows San Francisco, it's called Gary. And Gary, they probably have changed it now, but Gary is a long street that goes miles. And cars just zoom down that street. And it'll take you from downtown all the way to the beach, which is a long, long, long way, okay? And there's really not very many stoplights on Gary, probably is now. But I remember driving out there with my mom and I was driving and there was a lady crossing the street. She appeared to be, definitely was a senior citizen, but she appeared to be maybe 70s, late 70s, early 80s. And she was probably about 
four feet something, if that. And she was hunched over. So she had a hunched back. And she was a really, really short, very frail elderly lady. And I'm driving down Gary with all these cars zooming, and there she is crossing the street. Now, remember, there's no stoplights. There are crosswalks, but no stoplights. And she's crossing the street, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that lady is going to get hit. And I said that to my mom, and my mom was like, she sure is, because this is a long street. It's like, it's not just a quick cross. It's, it's a long way across the street, and cars are zooming, no stoplights. And so I pulled over because I could not just keep going. So I pulled over, I got out, and I walked the lady across the street. And she kept saying, you don't have to walk me across the street. You don't. I said, no, 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 no. I have to walk you across the street. And I said that to say, that's charity, okay? A lot of times when we think of charity, we think of, you know, giving some material possessions, which that, that can be part of charity too. You know, especially at this time of year, there's um, coat drives and food drives and toy drives and, you know, things like that. So, of course, that's charity as well. But on some act of kindness, I really felt that that lady would have got hit by a car. She was really short. She couldn't she couldn't see because she couldn't stand upright. Well, she could see, but she couldn't see very well because she had the hunchback. So she couldn't, you know, stand upright to see all angles around her. And I was afraid the cars may not see her. So anything you can do to help someone, the Bible says charity is a bond of perfectness, okay? It's getting you where you want to be. Because by the time we make it to heaven, the Bible says we're not going to make it in without a spot or a wrinkle. So the thing, the acts, the things that we do here on earth, this is um, the Lord trying to work a perfect work in us. Because by the time we get there, we have to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect here but he's working us towards there. So by the time we stand on the right hand of the Father, Jesus will present us perfect to the Father. That's, that's what we hope. That's what we hope, okay? So work on charity, work on all of these things. I mean, you can even, at this time of year, you can go to children's hospital, help out. You can go to a senior facility, you can, I don't know, you may not even have to go anywhere. I mean, just, just find opportunities to help someone. It will help to come out of our own problems, okay, to help with that. Because it's really not so bad after all, you know, really, because some people do have it worse, okay? So work on all these things and read this. This is really important. Um, this passage is very important. Um, Colossians 3. 11 and 15 and this is charles calling me you guys who always tries to get in on the call but charles gets that same message that i get that tells us that it's a um it's a charge so if anybody is willing to bring charles in on their three-way please let me know start to let me just, let me just speak to him hold on you guys hey charles yeah I had to call in through my computer again because I got that that uh, toll charge. Uh -huh. ah, I hate this. You can't get in. Did you try to get in? 
know, well, I figured it'd be the same thing. I'll try it though. Try again, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, let me hold on a second. Okay, anybody who has called in through their cell phone, can you start too, so you could, so we can show Charles how to do it? Because last week he was able, I could see him on the screen, but he could not hear us. So if you are dialed in through your cell phone or computer, please um, start too, so we'll know how to do it. Okay, so far nobody is um, responding, so they must all be. Yeah. I don't know what to do, Charles. Oh, wait a minute. I wonder if I can just leave it just like this since you're on my cell phone, even though I'm in on the computer. But maybe I can just leave you just like this. And when people are talking, you can hear them. Ah, thank you, Lord. Let's see. I don't know if that's going to work, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah, because I got that message too this morning. I don't know what's up with that. All right, let me see how I can unmute myself. Okay, let me see if you guys can hear me. I'm going to unmute 612, and I just want to know if you guys can hear me. Hello? 612? I can hear you. You can hear me? Okay. Did you guys hear me when I read the scripture and everything? Were you able to hear? Yep, heard it all. Okay, great, great. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. I'm going to put you back on uh, mute just for a minute. Okay, Charles, were you able to hear her? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, good. So we'll just do it this way. All right. Okay, you guys. So we just talked about charity. That was that scripture. Read that scripture, please. When you guys get a moment, that was Colossians 3, verse 11 and 15. And you know, I, you know what I think I'm going to try to do, you guys, which I have tried to do this before in the past. But um, most Bibles, uh, if you look, I think it's at the front of the Bible, they'll give you a plan where you could read through the through the whole Bible in a year. So I think I'm going to try to start that um, January of next year, 19, um, which is in a couple weeks. So if anybody is interested in that, uh, let me know. and We'll just try to go through it because my mom is doing it. And I remember when she started it uh, last year. And so January 1st, she'll be done. She'll be done. Um, and she says she's so proud that she'll be able to say she read the entire Bible. So if anybody is interested in doing that with me, uh, let me know. Maybe that'll help me to get through it because I, I tried it a couple times, but I wasn't successful. But if I have um, some partners with me, maybe I can get all the way through it. So. Hold on, typing in chat room. Okay. What else here? Okay, so welcome. I don't think I did the welcome. Welcome, everyone, to the call. Um, I hope you guys had a good week. I have to be honest, my last couple of weeks have been rough. <laughs> they have been rough with the targeting. Um, and I was really, really, really not feeling well. I think it was Thursday. I didn't go to work. Um, no, it was Friday. It was Friday. I didn't go to work. 
the end of the day, Thursday, my right arm was in the most excruciating pain that I think I've ever experienced. It was, it felt like it was broke. And I kept saying, did I hit my arm? I don't remember hitting my arm. I couldn't bend it. Um, I couldn't straighten it all the way out. I just, it was, it was really bad. And I thought, okay, well, it'll go away. Well, it didn't. And the next day was even worse. So I called in sick, which I've been calling in a lot lately. And this is a new job, you guys. But I'm, I'm just always in a lot of pain. So um, just pray for me. And um, that's going to lead into one of the questions of the day. Uh, do you guys feel, are you taking care of your health? And do you feel that, um, have you noticed like a decline in health? And I know that our, our health will decline with age. I do know that. And I, I am older. Um, but it, I just never been this sick all the time. And I, I really don't like blaming everything on targeting because, like I said, I know age is a big factor in a lot of this. But do you guys notice any changes in your health? And do you think that any of it is target related? Um, I don't know a lot about the directed energy. I, I don't know. Um, I think this latest pain had to do with arthritis, which I developed out of the blue a couple of years ago. And that's extremely painful, especially when it's cold or raining. And I mean, it, it, it was bad. It was really, really bad. So uh, my doctor called me in some, some medicine and I'm better. But um, anyway, how's your health? Are you taking care of it? Let me write that down. Okay, that's going to be one question. Uh, of course, how was your week? Anything in the news you want to talk about, feel free. Um, and the holiday season is up on us. And I was thinking this morning how you hear that uh, most of these holidays are paganistic holidays, meaning basically bottom line to that is um, devil's holidays in disguise. Um, so what do you guys think about that, about Chris, uh, Christmas and any other holiday? Do you celebrate any of the holidays? Have you stopped celebrating some of the holidays? Um, just share, share any of that. Um, and let me see, let me find one more. Of course, anything in the news and anything you want to talk about, doesn't have to be any of this, just throwing these out for conversation pieces. Um, do you believe that they, quote unquote, they, whoever they are, uh, over this targeting, do you believe that they have control over everything in your life? Meaning anything that goes wrong is orchestrated. Um, some people say some things that go right was orchestrated as a setup. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. So those are going to be the questions. Start to. And Charles, uh, feel free, Charles, you can talk. And and Charles, tell us how you've been because you haven't had a chance to call in lately. If you like. Okay, you want to start with me? Yeah, go ahead. Let us know how you're doing. And start start to anybody if you like to speak. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> what, uh, what, hell, what hell of a year for, uh, as far as health. 
Oh, can I just say something, Charles? Excuse me. Um, you guys, Charles is on my cell phone, so I'm going to try to put my cell phone up to the computer, and I hope you guys can hear him. Okay, go ahead, Charles. Okay. As far as health, okay, um, this past um, autumn, okay, between um, September and October, okay, is the longest stay I ever had at a hospital in my own life, okay? It was almost two months I was in the hospital. Um, and, um, you know, it was what you said, um, a decline in health um, that you figure that, you know, age would be a factor. But then again, okay, it's, I, I, I have to admit it, okay, it's bad habits, okay, uh, stuff I can't, you know, cut out as far as eating and drinking stuff, you know, and stuff like that stuff like that so that i had to seriously like cut back cut down on and you know things like that uh, and get rid of those bad habits as far as um food or what i be eating and stuff like that um okay what's what's been happening um lately uh recently is that um uh you know, was the place that I was at, okay, that was really, that was really, I mean, that was really in bad shape. So, I only stayed here for three weeks. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Then, then um, as soon as I moved out, I mean, the very, the very weekend that I moved out, okay, I almost got into this fight. Just doing on, um, just doing on um, trace in the train station. Okay, that I mean, I can tell. I mean, he was a perp. Actually, he was a perp. I mean, he was. Um, he started. I mean, you know, deliberately did something. You know, you know, kick my foot, deliberately get my attention and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was intentional. All right. Okay, thanks. All right, and um, come on for a minute. Uh, Charles, step away, you guys. Start to if anybody wants to, to talk. You talk about anything you like. Yes, go ahead, Charles. Okay, yeah, excuse me. No problem. Um, well, like I said, um, you know, this fight almost started. Okay, in the train station. Okay, you know, you know just to, for me to come get off the train, so I did. You know, and one, one clear, clear indication of uh, you're dealing with a purpose that 
person is going to antagonize his name, okay, his situation, he's going to keep antagonizing the situation. But, you know, he's not going to make the first move. He'll never make, he'll never make the first move. He'll never Right. You know. Even yeah. though he did when he kicked you, but yeah, nothing that people can see outwardly. Right, right. Now, now this is what came to my mind, Charles, about the kicking. Um, is you know the fact that your foot was was injured recently, you know, with when you were in the hospital. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. But um, I mean, he kicked my left foot, and okay. the, inju- the injury was my arm, was my arm, right foot. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, that wasn't that's. I mean, it was just a, you know, like a, a tease type of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. And like I said, okay, we we on the platform arguing. Okay. And he's doing all this gesturing and stuff like this. Okay. To antagonize the situation. All right. But either, yo, either you want to leave and walk away or you want to, or you want to do what you want to do. Right. And he never does it. Okay. That's that's one clear sign that you're dealing with a perp. That is true. Right. So, um, you know, nothing didn't come of that. So that was on. That was in uh, early Friday morning or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in PlayStation on uh, uh, Sunday Sunday morning. It's Sunday that following Sunday morning. Right, mm-hmm. and a bag, a gym bag was stolen. Okay, and it had, you know, ID and stuff like that. But you know, my main ID, I still have that. But um, you know, stuff was stolen there. So you know, few things that was really, uh, you know, like kind of precious to me and stuff like that. All right, so that was stolen, and. Uh, then, okay, uh, what was it, that, that, that day, uh, that, that Monday afternoon or Tuesday or whatever, uh, people want to where well, I got my storage, where well, I got my storage um, stuff at, or got, got my stuff storage, okay, they going to tell me they want to terminate, terminate my lease. So, mm. yeah. so uh, you know, which would mean you'd have to rent a truck and find a whole nother storage, and yeah, yeah. So I just said, uh, yeah, I told the person, you know, uh, look, um, call your boss, you know, the manager of the place. Okay, it's a young female, and I. Tell you to call your boss. Tell him uh, the thing is going to court. Get get the lawyer. Tell him get the lawyers ready because it's going to court. All right. And you know, I told her that um, that you know, even if I lose, even if I lose the case, it's going to still, it's going to still going to be. I'm still going to be there for a while. You know, if this thing is in court. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. You know, court dates and all that type of stuff. We going back and forth to court. So I'm still gonna be there for a while. So that's where we at now. Hopefully you'll move out. Hopefully you'll move out before all that happens. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not prepared to do it right now.
Right. But you're not locked out of your storage or anything, are you? No, but they said they gave me to 20 of them. All right. And then when I, when I talked to this manager about, um, okay, well, give me the papers so I can take it to the courtroom, take it to the court, you know, um, give me the paper and, you know, stuff. She gonna say, "Oh, there's no paper." I said, "Well, wait a minute. How you gonna do this?" He said, "Oh, well, we got the option to either do it in writing or, you know, or, or do it verbally or something like that." I said, "That's ridiculous. Okay, you know, I mean, don't be ridiculous. Why <laughs> didn't argue with her?" So you know, going to the court and um, if um, any. Any um, interference with the access of my um, um, getting to my stuff, then yeah, I, I, there's my grounds right there. Yeah. Not only that, not only that, they they even took me took the money, um, the money for the rent for the month. So I paid up for the whole month. Well, if they took right. it, then they definitely, you know, you you can keep your stuff there then if you pay. And you know, sometimes they do that with targeting. Like you said, they'll bluff you and then wait for you to make the move. So then really you voluntarily left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They, they do that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just say, I did something left. Oh, uh, uh, uh. well, you know, um, a lot of games being played there. Um, games that's being played there for over, over the months, okay, through the year, through the whole year and stuff. And this is a new company that took over um, last last year, mm -hmm. okay, from the old company that was there. And uh, okay, I'm dealing with that. So it's been one hell of a year, and it's getting um, you know, it's getting um. You know, it seems like when things are about to change because my um income income well I may I may be able to um you know get a situation um as far as the place um but um you know I I don't wanna you know talk about that too much, you know, it's one of those no I don't wanna call it my small you know, type of thing. So but, um, yeah, but that's a blessing. I, I will pray that it works out for you. Uh, and, um, you know, that's coming up. So what happens is, you know, all this stuff is just came out of nowhere, you know, and especially when I uh, moved out of the place up in the Bronx, okay, okay, with some of relatives and stuff, but uh, moved out of here. And, um, you know, all these things started happening, so. Yeah. Oh, no, like I said, um, pretty much the same. It is, um, it is somewhat declining, but I kind of, I kind of, I, I kind of chuck a lot of that up as my fault, you know. I 
got to get more serious in what I got to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it can be hard too. And I know you're diabetic. Um, and I'm pre-diabetic. And I was doing really, really good until Thanksgiving came up. It kind of fell off the wagon, so I'm going to try to get back on. But, yeah, our eating habits have a lot to do with it. And, I mean, especially, um, you, know, the, you know, the way that, that I'm living, okay? I mean, I mean, it's a whole lot better if, you know, I home-cooked home cook meals that I cook myself, all yeah, right? that's true. But, but I, you know, I'm always in, you know, restaurants and fast foods and stuff like that, you know? So, yeah. Well, I certainly hope things get better for you. Thank you. Sounds like you have some um, perspective housing situations coming up, so I, I hope it works out. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it looks, I mean, that looks better. Put it that way. So I can't, as the old saying goes, the chickens before they hatch, right? Yeah. And how's the weather right now, Charles, in, in New York? Yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still cold. It's not freezing cold, though. But it's raining damp, you know. Mm -hmm. Raining damp and, uh, you know, that type of cold. Um, it's, um, it's not cold enough to, when the rain turns into snow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not snowing, it's raining. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Still, I don't like, you know, I don't like rain. I mean, shoot. Actually, this year, it was too much rain. No. I mean, I, this, is, this, is the, this is the wettest summer I, I think it ever happened in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't get a lot of rain here, but I, I'm noticing that. It seems like the rain, which makes it damp outside, it seems like that's affecting this arthritis worse than just the cold weather. It used to be the cold weather, but I noticed the last couple of rainy times, oh, I was in some pain. Yeah, it's that uh, the, uh, the rain at the temperature is the, um, the atmosphere of pressure. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. That, um, more is more pressure in the air that I mean it you know push down on your body and stuff every inch of your body so you gotta go you gotta deal with that and all that talk about yeah. some pain Woo. Yeah. yeah we go through it well thank you Charles I hope things get better for you thank you Okay, star two. I believe it's star two. I still haven't figured it out. Star two, if you would like to speak on anything you like. Okay, well, I came across this document a couple of weeks ago and thought it was real interesting, actually, because it reminds me of uh, COINTELPRO. And um, it's called beating the FBI. And as you guys know, the FBI invented the whole COINTELPRO program, which was used against targeted individuals back in the day, which never really went away, just came back as targeted individuals. They didn't call, they didn't call us that back then. 
Um, but I believe it was designed um, towards the Black Panthers and other groups, um, activist groups, which they considered to be radical. You guys know that whole story, so I don't need to go through that. But um, just reading this, even though this has to do with FBI, but it, a lot of the tactics and things talked about in this document, it rang true um, for me with what I know about targeting. So um, I want to share it with you guys since no one seems to want to speak. If you guys do want to speak, uh, start to, and I'll unmute you. If not, I will just read this document because I didn't get all the way through it. Let's see, I can't tell this person. Hold on. <clears throat> Hello? Did you want to speak? I, I can't tell. I think that's Kim. Did you want to speak, Kim? No. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell because I, you're... I didn't, um, to, I didn't do start to. I was just listening. Okay. Your um number was lit up. That's why I just wanted to check. Okay, thank you. Put her back on mute. It was lit up, so I didn't want to. I didn't want her to think I was ignoring her. Okay, so this um, says beating the FBI. At best, the FBI does not have a history of respect for civil rights. Whether you are guilty or innocent doesn't matter. You are always treated the same way during an FBI investigation, which is unfairly, um, especially if surveillance is involved. If you snooze, you lose. Is that simple? Many of us are sleepwalking through life, and if you don't pay attention, then you're going to pay, especially if you engage in behavior that attracts the attention of the FBI. A lot of these tactics are FBI tactics, you guys, that they do in the um, stalking part of the targeting. Um, make no mistake about it, FBI surveillance teams are lethal. They are very effective at what they do. They, uh, they have had lots of experience. They've gotten massive resources. Um, in a major investigation, 30 agents watching one person is very common. You never see the same agent twice. You never see the same vehicle twice. The FBI's triple threat surveillance strategy of multi-layered teams, um, re, uh, rapid response, and managed aggression must be taken seriously. Threat number one, a multi-layered team can fool you into thinking that the surveillance has ended. This is an extremely dangerous situation. Uh, they're still lurking nearby, of course, waiting for you to say or do something incriminating. Now that that caught my attention because over the years I've talked to several targets who say that their targeting has completely stopped. Um, and when I read this, it made me think like, you know, maybe they're just laying low to make them think that it stopped. Like, you know, like this article is saying, because it says that the team can fool you into thinking that the surveillance has ended. Um, and I think that that's just so that you can get comfortable, you know, and just live your life and do whatever. And like they said, um, they're just waiting for you to do or say something incriminating. Okay, threat number two, a same day response by the FBI means that surveillance might begin before you're ready for it. They'll catch you unprepared. 
The FBI surveillance team may end up watching you trying to hide the very material that you're hoping to conceal from them. So don't partake in illegal stuff, you guys, because these people are always watching, even if it's not the FBI, the perps, they're always watching. So, you know, don't partake in anything that's, you know, illegal. Um, threat number three, the FBI, let me just go back for a minute, because um, when, I, when I just said don't partake in anything, let me tell you, you guys know they love to perp me when I walk the dog. I hadn't walked them for the last two days because it was raining, and then yesterday I was running around all day. But I walked them today before this call. And um, I've told you guys how they let the 1,000 chihuahuas out last week when when we walked past. Um, all these chihuahuas came out of nowhere, um, and they, 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 they like to do that. They, they love to, to do some perp activity when I'm walking the dog. So today, um, they somebody let loose a pet bull and he was not on a on a leash and i said you know what i can either turn around and go back or i can just keep going and i just, i chose to keep to keep going because i'm just not going to be intimidated i'm just i'm just not you know and i keep telling myself i really 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 do not want to mace a dog i don't because i like animals i don't want to you know, harm an animal, but I'm not gonna let an animal harm me or my dog. And so I had my hand on the trigger of the mace and I said, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm just going, I'm just going. And you know, so I did. And the dog came towards us. And so I picked my dog up and I told the dog, go ahead. And I, I really wasn't nervous or anything, but I, I, you know, I told the dog, go, go shoot or whatever. Now, the dog is foaming from the mouth, which tells me the dog has some kind of disease because the way he was foaming. And um, when I picked up my dog, he seemed to just go on about his business. And I looked across the street. And this is going on to what this document is saying, how they're just, you know, standing there waiting. I looked across the street, the perp across the street and the house across the street. She's looking directly over. And that's what they do. There's always a perp nearby, you guys. Okay. Always a perp nearby. So I guess she wanted to see, you know, how I was going to react to that situation or if I was going to mace the dog because I don't hide my maces on my keychain and they can see it and I don't care because I'm going to protect myself and my dog. And uh, and I'm going to get a stun done. I'm going to get that soon. But anyway. The perps are always there and they're always watching, okay? And they're always there um, ready to accuse you. As the Bible says, accuser of the brethren, okay? They're always going to be there to say, I witnessed it. I saw it. I saw what happened, you know? So be careful. Just be careful out there and just know that they are always there watching, okay? Um, and as it says, they'll catch you unprepared. The FBI surveillance team may end up watching you trying to hide the very material that you're hoping to conceal from them. Threat number three, the FBI's policy of managed aggression can easily provoke you into losing your temper or your nerve or both. It is a wicked strategy. That's why they're using it. It's easy to see why most people are easy prey for the FBI surveillance machine, but it doesn't need to be that way. And then it goes into beating the FBI. There are people who routi routinely thwart the FBI. 
they know how to recognize the tell, um, telltale signature of an FBI surveillance team. Now, these people who harass us, follow us, stalk us, they may not be official FBI agents, and in some cases they might be, I don't know. But I think for the mo for the most part, who we refer to as um, perpetrators, which is you know everyday people, they appear to be everyday people, neighbors, relatives, coworkers, people down the street, whatever. Okay, I believe that these people have been trained in FBI tactics because a lot of the stuff that I read is so similar to what I see play out in the targeting that I get. So I believe that they are trained in these tactics. That's why this document is important to us because the Bible tells us and all are getting to get understanding. And I know for myself, the more I understand this, the more I pray that I don't fall into the traps that is set before me, okay? Because I understand, you see what I'm saying? And it helps you, um, well, me, it helps me to not be as triggered as I probably would be. Now, there are times where I still get triggered. I do. I'm just being honest, you know, I'm human. But I really, really work on triggers. And a lot of times, if I can identify this is this is just another of these perp tactics, it will help me not to be as triggered. Okay. And it helped me to be a step ahead of the game because all this is is a big game, which I'm not real good at playing games. Um let me see. Start to, if you guys want to speak, let me go back over here, see if anybody can start to. Okay, so let's keep going. Let's see, I lost my document. Okay. Okay, beating the FBI. There are people who routinely thwart the FBI. They know how to recognize the telltale signature of an FBI surveillance team. When they find themselves under surveillance, they use tactics that inhibit the FBI's ability to find out what they're really doing. They mislead the FBI. And let me just go back to triggers for a minute. Um, what Charles said about what happened to him on the train, that was really good. And that's what I'm saying about it's important for us to read documents like this to understand the tactics that these people use because Charles said something very important and by him knowing this program, he recognized what was going on with that perpetrator on the train who intentionally kicked him. Like Charles said, the guy was waiting on him to, to make the first move. See, and that is one of their tactics, as Charles was saying. So it's a good thing that he knows about this targeting and he knew not to fall into that trap because that guy would have been justified in whatever happened afterwards because Charles hit, would have hit him first. But thank God he didn't do that. So that's why it's important, very important to know. Um, okay, where was I? When they find themselves under surveillance, they use tactics that inhibit the FBI's ability to find out what they're really doing. Um, they mislead the FBI. These individuals make it difficult for the FBI to build a legitimate case against them. Perhaps even more important, because remember, they're always trying to build a case against you and they're very patient with it. They just keep watching you, keep harassing you, keep waiting on you to react in a negative way and keep jotting down those notes, okay? Um, building a case against you. Okay, perhaps even more important, they make it difficult for the FBI to build a phony case against them. 
An individual like this is called a hard target, okay? Because you're making it hard for them. I'm going to do a video on hard targets and soft targets. Um, but you're making it hard for them because you're not giving them nothing to go on. Just like Charles, he just rose above it. He ain't giving nothing to go on, okay? That's a hard target. Um, that's spy talk for a surveillance target who knows what he's doing. The methods and techniques that these individuals use are called counter surveillance. Um, this article reveals some of those methods and techniques. Simply put, the article you are reading about is, a count, is counter surveillance methods that will beat the FBI. Okay, or the perps, in our case, the perps. Okay, let's see. What you need to know about the FBI, there are masters of the game. If you have something to hide, FBI surveillance could, could be the beginning of the end for you. Do not make the mistake of underestimating the capabilities of an FBI surveillance team. They are persistent. They are methodical. They are thorough. And they are fanatical about their work. Drawing from decades of experience, the FBI surveillance strategy has evolved into an advanced system that exploits the classic military principles of space, time, and force. This strategic foundation is present in every major, major surveillance operation run by the FBI. This foundation relies on three pillars of rapid response, multi-layered teams, and managed aggression. While each of these is a serious threat to, to the target of a surveillance operation, the most deadly of the three is the multi-layered team. Okay, multi-layered teams. The FBI's deployment strategy is insidious and conniving, yet brilliant. Because of the manner of which FBI agents are deployed, it is almost impossible to catch the FBI unaware during a surveillance operation. They always have a fallback position. This is called the strategy of surveillance in death. Here's how it works. For most, for most surveillance operations, the FBI actually puts two teams in the field. That's right, two teams. The first team is expendable. That means if it is blown, that's by talk for detected, the surveillance operation will survive, will still survive and reach its objective. The first team is called the decoy and diversion team. Okay, in this article, we will refer to it simply as the decoy team. In surveillance operations involving hard targets, okay, so this is what they do when the when the target is difficult for them to break. Okay, that's basically what they're saying here. The decoy team expects to get caught. Okay, so they know you on your P's and Q's. You know the signs. You know when you see a perp. So they expect that 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 you're going to blow their cover. Okay, in surveillance operations involving soft targets, they expect to remain undetected in 75% of all cases. In other words. Um, well, let me just give you the definition. A soft target is a person who has no counter surveillance skills or training and is not on the lookout for surveillance. Now, that's normally going to be like a new target, a person who has not learned. We were probably all at this stage in the beginning. I know I was for like three or four years, maybe even more. 
Um, you kind of might feel like something's going on, but you're not real sure. You you don't you haven't met the community. You don't haven't read up on anything about targeting the individual. You don't even know you're a targeted individual. Okay, that's going to be more of a soft target. Then you have some who know they're a targeted individual, but they're very fragile and they're very traumatized, which we all are probably traumatized. I can't diagnose you, but I know I'm traumatized. Um, and, and some people just get stuck and they just, you know, they just get stuck and they don't really get to um, the strength level that they need to be at to kind of deal with all of this. And, um, and it's just trauma-based, you know? So though they will probably be categorized as a soft target as well, okay? Um, any target who is alert and on the lookout for surveillance will eventually detect a pavement artist. Okay, so this is considered a pavement artist. Okay, and and I wondered as I read some of this, I wondered if this is how the perps who we deal with. I wonder if this is the term terminology that they use. I'm not sure. Okay, but this is this is lining up with what at least what i see in my targeting okay um any target who is alert and on the lookout for surveillance will eventually detect a pavement artist of the decoy team okay pavement artist is spy talk for a member of a surveillance team that is watching you in public places right we all get those right just like i just told you about the whole dog situation look across the street there's a lady standing on her porch looking directly at me to see how I'm going to react to this dog, okay? So she would be considered a pavement artist, okay? She's on the lookout. All right. So the pavement artist is um, a member of the surveillance team that is watching you in public places. Now, if you get the um, um, any of the stalking stuff, then you deal with the pavement artist, okay? They are on foot and they are in vehicles okay every time i come from my car back to my car i go somewhere come back to my car there is a pavement artist sitting in a car either in front of me and back of me or very nearby okay pavement artists that's what they do okay at the uh, at the same time that the decoy team enters the situation and begins surveillance on you a second team also enters the game. Now, it's important to know these people may look like, after I read this, I realized these people may, realize, may, may look like they're just randomly out there. But according to this, they are part of a team, okay? They can be part of the surveillance team. They can be part of the pavement artists. They have a role, okay? There's the decoy team, the diversion team. They have a role. Okay, it's important to know that. And I see this whole thing like the pyramid. You remember those pyramid schemes, how they go up the ladder? This is how I, I see this. Okay. Um, the second team quietly slips into the environment. Okay, you ever turn around and like, where'd that person come from? Where'd that car come from? Okay, so that's part of that team. Um, the decoy team. Okay, so this uh, second team quietly slips into the environment where it uh, where it does its best to blend in with the background. Okay, example: I was in uh, Emeryville the other day. Emeryville is like a shopping area. I was over there the other day, 
And this guy, my husband went into the place and I was sitting in the car and this guy, he was a perp, I knew it right off. He was standing like in front of my car and he saw me look at him because I just kind of glanced over. I'm like, oh Lord, another perp. And um, so he started acting like he's looking for a car to pick him up. And then all of a sudden he disappeared by saying, love you, drive careful. Sorry, you guys, my son's going to work. Uh, drive careful. And turn your lights on because it's getting, it's, it's raining. Sorry, I'm so sorry, you guys. And so the guy, um, he saw me see him. So I kind of blew his cover, I guess. And uh, he left, you know, at least it seemed, it appeared that he left. And then I happened to look across the street. Well, he positions himself on the other side of the street. Okay, so that's what that's what this um, this article is talking about. How they just try to blend in into the uh, into the background. Okay, the second team is called the stealth team. At the beginning of the operation, the stealth team makes no effort to watch you. Its only objective is to establish its presence and to remain undetected. Okay, so they're not even really there to watch you. They're just there to be in the environment. Okay, and that's the stealth team. This deployment strategy is incre incredibly effective. Here's why. The first team provides cover for the second team's arrival. Even a hard target is likely to be too busy watching the first team to notice the arrival of the second team. Okay, you guys see how that work? They got all your attention over here on this one person. And in the meantime, they slipping, they slipping in another person or another team, okay? And when both teams are in place, you usually only notice the first team, okay? You didn't even notice those other ones that came through. The top priority of the first team or the decoy team is to see everything you do, okay? Now, anybody who gets the heavy stalking, you know that they want to see every single thing, everything that you do, okay? They want you, they want to learn your habits and your daily routine. They don't want to be detected, of course, but they are prepared to pay their price if that is if that is what is required in order to make sure they see absolutely everything you are doing. Now, isn't that sick? That's sick to me. When I read that, I'm like, that's sick that you care about every single thing that a person does. That's, that's something so not normal about that. Okay, but that's the world we live in anyway. They, the government wants to see everything you do. Okay, their first priority is to acquire as much data about you as possible. If you do detect the decoy team, and if they realize you've spotted them, the decoy team simply suspends its operation. They realize that you'll notice their departure. In fact, they're counting on it. They also realize that very few people will realize that a second team has blended into the background. Okay, so you think because you saw that person leave, now you can let your guards down, but no, that other team has slipped in there. Okay, this, uh, this second team, the stealth team, doesn't need to see everything you do. 
they have been briefed by the first team, okay? They have their communication going. So the first team then told them everything they need to know. The stealth team only needs to watch you during certain times and at certain locations where you think you might be, or where they think you might be up to something. The top priority of the stealth team is to remain undetected, and they are prepared to leave you unwatched for a brief period in order to retain their invisibility. Okay, so they 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 want you to relax. So, you know, they just call it off, call the operation off for a minute so you can relax and you will think that they're not around. Okay, this is called picket surveillance by the FBI named after the gaps in a picket fence. This two-stage approach to major surveillance operations is brutally effective. It has led to the ruin of many people who thought they could outfox the FBI. Okay, tradecraft. The undercover agents of the stealth team use methods that are more sophisticated than those used by the decoy team, and this tradecraft team. These methods are called tradecraft. The stealth team is much more difficult to catch than um, the decoy team. You need to know what you're doing. It is vital that you do not let the stealth team realize that you have spotted them. That's because the best way to beat them is by feeding them misinformation. Uh, the difference in methods used by the two teams is best explained by example. Numerous situations are described in the, in the uh, case study later in this article. Okay, layered surveillance. This concept of multi-layered surveillance teams is the backbone of the FBI surveillance strategy. They almost never lead with their best team. They always hold something back so that they have a fallback position. This strategy is also carried over into other FBI operations. When the FBI is trying to infiltrate an agent into your circle of friends, okay, now this is how they get the uh, people in your circle, you guys. This is important. And let me just take a little break here, see if anybody pressed our start two if you want to speak. Okay, let me go over here. Okay, can you guys still hear me? Charles, can you hear me? Charles, are you still there? Start to somebody, let me know you guys can hear me. Am I just talking? <laughs> Nobody hears me. Let's see. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, good, Charles. Hello. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Okay, good. I've been listening. It's been real good. Okay, good, good, good. Thank you. And uh, raise your hand again if you'd like to speak. Okay. 570. Hello. Hi, I can hear you. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, am I talking to myself? <laughs> okay, thank you. Did you, did you want to say anything or you would just let me know? I was just letting you know. Okay, thanks so much. Hey, you're welcome. Are you guys getting anything out of this article or should I just discontinue it? I find it interesting. I mean, a, lot of, uh, a lot of what, what was said um, interesting, and we don't recognize it in real life. 
realize and recognize. Okay, so you say you are interested or you're not, Charles? So, yeah, find it interesting. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, thank you. Hello. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting article. Okay, good. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much. All right, so I'm gonna keep going because I found it really interesting, but I didn't get all the way through it, so I'm getting through it with you guys, and I appreciate you listening. Okay, so let me go back and remember start two if you want to speak. Okay. Um. Wait a minute. Where was I? Did the layered surveillance. Uh, let me just start there because I can't remember if I did that or not. Okay, layered surveillance. This concept of multi-layered surveillance teams is the backbone of the FBI's surveillance strategy. They almost never lead with their best team. Yeah, I did read that. Hang on, you guys. Sorry, here my oven. Hold on. So sorry. Very sorry. Okay. Multitasking again. All right. Uh, okay, let's see. When the FBI is trying to infiltrate an agent, yeah, that's where we were. I'm trying to infiltrate an agent into your circle of friends. This is so important, you guys, because this is one of their major, major strategies. You guys know that this is a takedown uh, program. That's what I call it. And one of the most effective ways that they can take you down is to have someone in your circle on a regular basis. So it's really very important to know. But it's um, it's a fine line to me because we don't want to get to the point where we don't trust any anybody, which most TIs probably don't. Um, but it's just important to watch who you're around, especially when new people all of a sudden, you know. Okay, so it says, when the FBI is trying to infiltrate an agent into your circle, and we're going to say perp, okay, we're going to replace that word agent with perp, um, into your circle of friends, associates, co-workers, and just know it can also happen at work, and acquaintances, they'll often use an expendable agent first. This first agent is a decoy agent meant to provide cover for the infiltration by the second agent or the stealth agent, okay? So they're going to send somebody in there first just to kind of fill things out. Then they're going to send the real perp in there, okay? If the first agent manages to, uh, to penetrate your organization undetected, the FBI is delighted. Okay, so that first person, like, they didn't even know. She didn't even know. She thought I was really her friend. He thought I was really cool, you know? So if they come back and report, okay, it's all good. This person, they don't know. They think, you know, that we really like them. You know, we, we really want to be their friend. We really are interested in a relationship. You know, it could be a, a honey trap situation, okay? Then it says, um, but, it, okay, so it says, if the first agent manages to penetrate your organization undetected, the FBI is delighted. 
but if he runs into difficulty, he is withdrawn. The second agent who has blended into the background is brought into play. Okay, then it says, why the FBI loves your lawyer. It is important for you to realize that most lawyers have no training in counter surveillance. This is unfortunate. When the subject of an investigation first, uh, first realizes he is being followed, he is angry and outraged at the invasion of his privacy. In many instances, one, one of the things he'll do is complain to his lawyer about being followed. One of the things he'll do is a claim, but okay, I'm sorry, I'm reading the same sentence over. Um, many lawyers advise their clients to confront the person who is following them. They do not realize that this is a game for foxes, not pit bulls. The lawyer's advice plays right into the FBI's hands when the subject attempts to, conf to confront the surveillance team. The FBI simply drops back into the stealth mode. The decoy team suspends its surveillance activity. Okay. Then it says, because members of the decoy team are relatively easy to detect, their absence is easily noticed. The subject assumes that his lawyer's advice has achieved the in, uh, intended effect. After all, the subject confronted the people who were following him and they immediately stopped, okay? So it's all a game, okay? They say they love when your lawyer tells you to confront the person and say, why are you following me? And if you do that and it's a perp, then the perp will fall back and all of a sudden nobody's following you again uh, anymore. And then you think, okay, well, you know, what well, my lawyer told me worked, okay? And they love that because it's all a game. What the subject does not realize, of course, is that the stealth team is now active. They have been there all along, of course, as part of the background while the decoy team was working. When the decoy team departs, the stealth team is still there as part of the background. So from the subject's point of view, everything appears to return to normal. Okay, so you told them back off, stop follow me, and all of a sudden it stopped. But the stealth team is still there observing in the background, okay? Basic psychology. The FBI surveillance team is only too willing to accommodate your emotional desire for control over your immediate environment. It is a fantasy that will lead you to ruin. Here's why. When you see the decoy team has departed, you begin to feel safe, so you let your guards down. You become an easy prey for the stealth team. Of course, infiltration comes next. FBI agents penetrate your circle of friends, okay? Uh, they penetrate friends, associates, coworkers, and acquaintances. Arrest and indictment are, are simply a question of time, okay? Because they've been doing all the surveillance on you. Okay, dummy up. Here's what this means in simple language. You can play the macho man or you can beat the FBI. You cannot have it both ways. It is an either or situation. If you insist on being a know-it-all tough guy, confronting the people who are following you, the FBI is going to play you like a cheap fiddle at a country hoedown. <laughs> That's terrible. To beat the FBI, you need to to you need self-control and self-discipline okay i like this because 
even if it's not FBI we're dealing with, I'm telling you, it's very, very, very similar. And I don't believe in the confrontational route. So this is saying you can either, you know, you can play it either way. You can play the tough guy where you want to confront everybody, or you know, you could take the high high road and 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 uh, use self control and and self discipline. Uh, I believe in the self control because I just can't see having all those confrontations all day. The as hard as I am targeted, I cannot see confronting each and every person. Now I do know some targets who do that, and they say that that works for them. That you know they back off when they confront them. Um, now, I don't believe in being a pushover either. I just believe in picking my battles. There are times when there I need to speak up, and I do. But for the most part, I can't see doing that all day. And there are certain situations where it wouldn't benefit me if I'm at work and I'm being perped at work, which I always am. You can't confront all those people at work. I mean, if you do, you'll be out of a job. So you have to pick your battles. Okay. All right. Um, it says be smart, learn from the mistakes of others. FBI surveillance teams do not just go away. You don't stop wrestling the gorilla when you get tired. You stop wrestling the gorilla when the gorilla gets tired. That's an analogy they just gave. Okay, rapid response. This is and, and let me just throw that question out there. What do you guys do you think it's it's um better to be more verbal when you're dealing with the targeting or just to kind of be more on the quiet side and just let it go over your head or ignore, I should say. Does the ignoring work better or the confrontations? How does it work best for you guys? I mean, I think it's a time for both, actually. But ignoring overall works better, I think. Okay, rapid response. This is the second component of the FBI's three-pronged strategy of multi-layered teams, rapid response, and managed aggression. The width and breadth of the FBI's presence um, has been closely guarded, has been a closely guarded secret up to now. Many people do not realize that the FBI can provide same-day response anywhere in, in North America. This is called the strategy of surveillance in time. In fact, the FBI can mount a same-day surveillance operation in any city lo uh, located in the United States, Canada, or Mexico. Oh, wow. The FBI can also mount a same-day response in uh, many major European cities. Sorry, me. Hold on, you guys. I'm so sorry. Hey, son. Okay, baby. Have a good evening. All right. Love you. Bye. Sorry, guys. Um, okay. In fact, the FBI can mount a same-day surveillance operation in any city located in the United States, Canada, or Mexico. The FBI can also mount a same-day uh, response in many major European cities, most major South American cities, and some Asian cities. They use a skeleton crew to start. 
Okay, and see that goes into, you know, if I move, will it get better? They're telling you these people can, they can set up it within a day, wherever, don't matter, any country. Um, outside North America, they sometimes farm out the work to subcontractors. Now we definitely see that in our targeting, right? The cable companies, the telephone company, the post office. I get the per post people all the time, got them this morning. Uh, the grocery stores. See, they subcontract. Okay, then in many cases, the full surveillance deployment arrives overnight. Overnight, you guys, they can get them there overnight and begins work the next day. Okay, so you move over to China. And it's like, oh my goodness, the same targeting. Okay, they said they can have them, have them working the next day. So save your money and learn how to deal with it. If you like your place, you like your living situation, stay there and deal with it because it's going to follow you, okay? They're saying right here, they can get people there. The full surveillance deployment arrives overnight and begins work the next day, okay? Save your money. costs too much to move, okay? Um, in situations where FBI resources are already stretched by other major cases, it may take two days for the full surveillance um, complement to arrive, okay? So it might take two days, it might get two days of relief, but make no mistake about it, surveillance has been underway since day one. If they choose to do so, and they often do, the FBI can initiate the surveillance the same day they become aware of you, okay? Uh, the reconnaissance factor, in many surveillance situations, a special team is, de is deployed, roll up a little bit, to provide reconnaissance information for the main surveillance teams. This reconnaissance team is called the advanced team. The reconnaissance team is deployed ahead of the decoy and stealth teams that were discussed earlier in this article. The advanced team is tasked with establishing roughly who you are, where you are and what you're doing. They'll take photographs of you, your home. And this is where they, this is what they're doing to me. This is, I get all of this, this uh, uh, taking pictures thing. I get this uh, all the time, every day, all day. Okay, they'll take photographs of you, your home, your office and your vehicles. The photographs help agents identify you on site. The person who secretly takes pictures of you it's called a peep. Well, they don't do it secretly for me. Um, the peep often arrives at your doorstep disguised as a volunteer collecting for charity or as a religious um, canvasser. Okay, now this is interesting. What they're saying, you guys, is that these people are secretly taking pictures of you, which we know that. But the part that I didn't know is that they're saying that these people or people that will come to your door and say, oh, I'm collecting money for this charity, or oh, I'm just wanting to know if you would like to volunteer. And they have a device on there where they're secretly taking pictures of you. But oh, these people are crazy. Whew. Okay, um, the peep, and they call them the peeps. The peep often arrives at your doorstep disguised as a volunteer collecting for charity or as a religious canvasser like the CIA, the FBI is big on using organized religion 
as cover for covert operations. Okay, so you get the Jehovah Witnesses coming to your door, the other religious groups coming to your door, would you like to know about the Lord? Okay, so they could possibly be working for the FBI. And while they're talking to you, they have a device on there, I'm taking your picture. How sick is that? Okay, um, Sarah Pitches, I don't know how to say the word, um, Sarah Petitions entry. The primary task of the advanced team, however, is to break into your office or home. Now, a lot of TIs deal with this part. Um, this is called, and I'm trying to say this word, serapetitious entry by spies. That's just polite talk for breaking entry. The break-in usually happens during the first few days of a surveillance operation. Once inside, they perform a quick search of your property. They've got special ways to get inside locked drawers and office safes, okay? Um, they often bug your office or home. I definitely believe that. I believe mine is bugged. Being able to hear all of your conversations gives them a tremendous advantage. So you wonder, how did they know I was about to go down to the library? I get to the library and all these perps are there because probably your home is bugged. Um, also, our cell phones is 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 a, just a uh, like a walkie-talkie kind of device because they can hear through that. They can see through the camera on your cell phone, so there is no privacy. I think we all know that. Um, some even say the television uh, spies on you, and all these smart devices—they're all used as spy tools. So that's how they know where you are. They're not necessarily reading your mind, although that could be possible too but they're not necessarily reading your mind. They're hearing you saying, <coughs> I'll be back, I'm gonna run to the store. <coughs> they're hearing it through your phone, okay? Um, if you already know, let me start over. They're often bug your office or home, being able to hear all of your conversations gives them a tremendous advantage. If they already know where you're going, where you're going it makes it easier to follow you. If they know you're going to a restaurant, for example, they can arrive before you do, and they do. The FBI's tactic of being the first to arrive at your destination has fooled many people over the years, right? Because you say to yourself, I didn't see, I watched the door. I didn't see anybody come in that door after me. No, because they were already there. And they use the staff against me a lot, so the staff is already there. Okay. They also usually attach a tracking device called a beeper to your vehicle. This makes it easier for them to track you in traffic. I did a video showing the um, tracker on my car. Um, clearly, if you are sharp enough to detect the advanced team and you um, don't reveal that you spotted them, you can enjoy a major tactical advantage over the FBI during the entire surveillance operation. You can either cloak your activities so they find nothing, or you can feed them misinformation. You can also watch the behavior of the surveillance team itself for telltale signs that indicate um, they've got your home office bugged. Okay. Consequences of same day response. What's the lesson in all this? Here's a real world example. Suppose you are a controversial activist group. 
If you send out a news release to the media exposing government abuse, then you better be pre you better be prepared for same-day surveillance by the FBI. Not tomorrow, not in a few days, but today. The same um, advice applies if you are an investigative journalist submitting a controversial article for publications. The implications of same-day surveillance can be serious. Suppose you've got documents or materials that you relied on when writing your news release or your article. These documents might contain reference to confidential sources or informants or whistleblowers. You don't want the FBI to find these materials. You don't want to compromise your sources. The materials had better be securely stowed away before you send out that news release. Trying to hide the materials afterwards may be too late. But if you think you're faster than the FBI, you're asleep at the wheel heading for a dead man's curve. But be careful when you hide the materials. Safe um, safes, alarm systems, even bank safe deposit boxes are generally useless against a determined FBI surveillance team. Okay, the FBI's capability for same day response has taught many surveillance targets unprepared. This is not a game for slow pokes. If you don't move fast, you're gonna um, be a roadkill. Okay, let me just check over here for a second. Oh, Melvin's asking for the link. Yes, Melvin, um, when I finish, I will put the link to the article I'm reading in the chat room. Star two, you'd like to speak. Okay, go back to reading now. Okay, managed aggression. This is the third component of the FBI's three-pronged strategy of multi-layered teams, rapid response, and managed aggression. The FBI has a bureau-wide policy of managed aggression. This policy has, uh, also affects FBI surveillance and operations. Surveillance teams are given specific goals. The FBI command structure accepts, accepts no excuses. It uh, tolerates no failures. This strategy of surveillance for results um, leads to aggressive behavior in FBI surveillance teams because of the pressure they're under. This, res uh, this results-driven aggression tends to manifest itself as professional aggression. An FBI surveillance team is using professional aggression when it intentionally and deliberately applies pressure to the subject of a surveillance operation. Actions uh, like this are called PSYOPs, which is spy talk for psychological operations. Here's an example of how, how an FBI surveillance team will deliberately provoke you. Now, provocation is a big thing with targeting. Um, targets get provoked like every day, all day. <laughs> I don't know about every, but every target, but uh, they do a lot. They do a lot of this um, trying to provoke you to anger, to get you to react, especially if you're a target that don't give high reactions. They'll really try to um, get these reactions out of you. <clears throat> so here's an example. 
When you're walking through a mall or a downtown shopping district, the surveillance team will intentionally interfere with your route. A pavement artist will absentmindedly cross your path, okay, forcing you to change course to avoid walking into him. Okay, I don't know if you guys see that, but I see that all the time. A group of agents will inadvertently obstruct your path. They'll be standing together chatting, forcing you to walk around them. Okay, you guys see that? I see that tactic all the time. Other pavement artists will accidentally create near misses as you walk along. Some of these pedestrians, quote unquote pedestrians, will create situations with a potential for a head-on collision forcing you to dodge them. Very common tactic. As the psychological pressure continues to build, agents may innocently bump into you. Okay, that's what happened with Charles. Okay, the guy stepped on his foot. Um, jostle you or step on your heel from behind. A group of pavement artists will queue up ahead of you, creating a lineup that delays you as you try to make a purchase, order fast food, buy a ticket, and so on. They do that kind of stuff to my husband all the time because it gets him upset. I keep telling him to not to get upset. They, they do that a lot to him. Um, activities like this can uh, quickly create frustration, even anger in you. But because the incidents occur in public locations, it's difficult to prove uh, who's behind them. Now, they do all this stuff to try to provoke you all the time. So we have to allow the Lord to give us a calm, peaceful spirit when dealing with this stuff. Example, I was in Perp City yesterday. Perp City is Walmart. And... I don't know if you guys know this, but they like to target me with eggs, right? Because, and I'll tell you why. Because I love eggs. I eat eggs every day of my life. I love eggs. Boiled eggs. I love boiled eggs. And I usually eat them for breakfast. And um, so they like to target me with eggs. In the grocery store, they do all kind of stuff. They want to give me a whole history. The cashiers want to give me a whole history on eggs and how eggs were created. Oh, it's just dramatic. Okay, so I already know this. Or they'll have cracked eggs in the aisle. You know, whatever. Eggs. So yesterday I'm in Purple City at Walmart. And this lady, I knew she was a perp. I knew it. She comes out of nowhere. And she sits her eggs in my cart. Just, just took her eggs and just set them in my cart. I said, oh, here we go with the eggs. Matter of fact, she reminded me I got to get my eggs for this week. But anyway, I took the eggs out. And I said, you know what? You better take these eggs out of my cart. Now, see, that, that was the response that she shouldn't have got. I should have took those eggs, and I should have walked them all the way on the other side of Walmart and sat them on the highest shelf I could find to make her get them from up there. That's what I should have did. <laughs> but they like to provoke you. Now, had I not realized right off the bat that this lady was a perp and I knew what she was doing because she was, oh, no, my hands are just full. Well, find somebody else's cart to sit your eggs in, okay? Because you're not going to sit them in mine. Now, had I not known that this was targeting, something like that could really provoke you. See, and that's what they want. And that's what this article is talking about. 
these people intentionally try to provoke you, but I already know the egg game. I already know the, I call them the directioners. Excuse me, excuse me. Can you show me how to get over here? Can you point this direction? I already know this. I know this, okay? This is why we have to be wise to Satan's vices, okay? These are just devices that they use to try to set us up. And it's all a very sick game. It's so sick. Because why are you doing this to innocent people? But this is what it is. This is what we're dealing with. So the best thing we could do right now is to a educate ourselves on this and and to learn and know how they target you most of all because they target you different how they target me target me different how they target the next person so know how satan is trying to come against you okay always keep your spiritual life in order with god because he's going to help us get through this okay and just know just 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 know that all of this stuff it, it should make you stronger. It really should. You should get stronger. Okay. Um, all right. So here's a sample. Of, when you're walking through the mall, I can't think we said that. Okay. A group of agents will inadvertently obstruct your path. They'll be standing together, chatting, forcing you to walk around them. Other pavement artists will accidentally create near misses as you walk along. Some of these pedestrians will create situations with the potential for a head-on collision, forcing you to dodge them. As the psychological pressure continues to build, agents may innocently bump into you, jostle you, step on your heel from behind. A group of pavement artists will queue up ahead of you, creating a line that delays you as you try to make a purchase for fast food, buy tickets, and so on. Activity like this can quickly create frustration, even anger in you. And it really can. This this stuff can make you, it can get on your nerves after a while. It really can. And you guys know this if you deal with it. It can really, you you really can get frustrated. And, and then just the fact of knowing that this stuff is intentional, it can really get under your skin, especially on days where you're just not feeling like dealing with this. You know, like I was saying uh, when the call first started, a lot of times I'm not feeling well lately. And I just don't want to deal with this. Like, just leave me alone. So we have to really do something to make sure that we are the best versions of ourselves every day. And that's where the prayer and the meditation comes in for me and the grounding and the whatever, all the other stuff, these calls and all the other stuff I have to do to try to keep myself where I need to be so that I don't be quick to anger and I don't uh, I'm not quick to to become frustrated because we're we're only human you know so do what you need to do to keep yourself even killed when dealing with this okay because it's all a trap it's all a trap you don't want to find yourself in a mental institution you want to find yourself in jail you don't find yourself hurting someone you know okay Activities like this can quickly create frustration, even anger in you. Uh, but because the incidents occur in public locations, it's difficult to prove who's behind them. You never see any agent more than once. You don't know where the next provocation is going to come from. You're beginning to get upset, irritated, unstable. You're more likely to make a mistake in judgment. And that's exactly what the surveillance team wants. Now, 
just knowing, like this last sentence said, um, that's exactly what the Savannah's team wants. Just knowing that should make us want to go the opposite, okay? Just knowing that's what they want. They want you to be irritated. They want you to be upset. They want you to become unstable. So that should make you go the opposite way. Don't never give them what they want. Okay? Don't give it to them. Bullies. That's what they are. Bunch of weak bullies. All these people ganging up on one person. Don't give it to them. Become the strongest version of you. Start to. If you want to speak, start to. Oh. <laughs> They said the egg game. Yes. Oh, the egg game is real. Okay. They ain't gonna stop me from eating my boiled eggs. Period. It's not gonna happen. And you know, a lot of times they do target you, you know, because this is our behavior modification. And they don't want you to enjoy anything. They only want you to enjoy the boiled egg. Okay. I immensely enjoy my boiled eggs. Okay. Immensely with my seasoned salt, all of that. Okay. We go down the road every morning, my two pieces of toast. Okay. That's my breakfast. All right. That's one of the ways how they condition you to stop doing what it is you enjoy doing. It's just a small thing. Who cares if I eat a boiled egg in the morning? Two boiled eggs to be exact. Who cares? Okay, but they care. You know why? Because it's something I want to do. And and the Lord revealed to me, because I was like, Lord, why just the simplest things a target does? Why do they target you so hard? Just a simple thing. You just want to walk outside. You just want to sit on your porch. Why, Lord? And you know what the Lord revealed to me? It's about breaking your will. It's not about the small, minute thing you're doing. It's about the fact that you wanted to do it. It's about breaking your will. And once your will is broken, that's how they control you. That's when they assert, insert their will into your life. And it's not happening over here. I'm boil my eggs tomorrow morning, like I always do for the week. And I'm going to have my two boiled eggs, my two toasts. Okay. And I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to drive down the street eating them like I do every day. But when I go to the store to buy them, I got to deal with all this perp stuff. You see what I'm saying? It don't make no sense. The egg game is real. But it don't matter because I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's how you guys should feel. You should do what you want to do. But if you ever wonder why, just a small thing. Why are they targeting me so hard? This small thing I said or this small thing I did. It's about your will. That's what the Lord revealed to me. Don't ever let them break your will. And that's why I kept walking when that pit bull was down on that block. I kept walking because I noticed I used to take my dog around. Let me see. I think we go like six, but we do a 20 minute walk every day. So, but we, we used to stop on one particular block and come home, but I would notice every time I would bring him home, he would refuse to come in the house. He would be, you know, still yanking on the leash and he wouldn't come in the house. So I said, okay, he's not ready to go in. So we'll start taking one more block. And so I started going the extra block. Well, all of a sudden, um, this camper shows up. Now this camper is there every day, okay? And that's the one last week when we walked past the camper, they do all these um, intimidation tactics ever since I started going that extra block. But I said, I'm not gonna stop going that extra block because you're not gonna break my will. If I wanna walk that extra block, I'm going the extra block because the Lord already showed me it's about breaking my will. 
and I'm I'm not gonna allow you to break my will. So all this drama happens on this extra block, right? So now they have the camper there. Okay, so he want to come out and do all his little targeting stuff. That's fine. You can park your camper wherever you want to park it. Okay, just leave me alone. Okay, so I ignore him. I walk on past. All right. Last week, I saw him before we approached the camper on that last block. He kept looking, kept looking. I said, okay, something, something about to go down. Okay, good. When we get up to the camper. He opens the door, here come a thousand chihuahuas out the camper. It was not a thousand, but it, it seemed like a thousand, okay? And none of them was on the leash. The chihuahuas, a good thousand, two thousand of them, they have us surrounded. Me and my little dog, we just surround. It's just chihuahuas everywhere. They got on dresses, they got on pantsuits. They just, I'm like, what the heck? Okay, I don't care. Somehow I'm getting through this little bridge of chihuahuas so i say to the man because they always trying to force an interaction with me because you know i don't talk to them if i don't have to so i said you know you need to do something with all these little chihuahuas you need to you need to get oh don't worry they're not gonna hurt them. okay i don't want to hear that i told him i should be able to walk down this street you do what you want to with your chihuahuas but i need so the bottom line is it's about breaking your will so then fast forward to today now that was last week with the chihuahuas on the extra block that i'm taking now now here come the dog here come the pit bull he comes out of nowhere he's not on the leash i said okay well i could either turn around or i can keep going okay i'm gonna keep going and I pray that I don't have to spray the dog with mace because I don't want to hurt the dog, but I'm not gonna let the dog hurt me and the dog ain't gonna hurt buddy, okay? Go on down there. And the dog came towards us. So I picked my dog up and I told the dog, go on now, go on, because I don't want to do this, so go on. Look across the street, there's the perp. There's the perp. And that's what you guys got to do. Before you react, look around. I'm going to guarantee you there's a perp somewhere watching. So they could say that they're the witness. I saw it. I don't care if you was in the right. They're going to say, nope, she was wrong. That dog wasn't doing anything to her. And she just sprayed that dog. You know what I'm saying? So you have to use wisdom. We have to use wisdom because the Lord knows I don't want to spray a dog. I don't want to spray a person. I'm not that kind of person, but I'm going to take care of me. Okay, nothing wrong with defending yourself, but you you be right. Like my friend used to tell me, you be right. You make sure you're on the right side of the law at all times. So if I need to, I'm gonna film the whole interaction, and I'm you know, cause I'm going the extra block. Okay, that's really what I'm trying to say. It's the Lord showed me it's about breaking your will. That's how they control us. Is to break our will. All of a sudden, you're not doing anything you want to do. You being totally mind controlled. And that's not gonna happen over here. So I'm gonna continue to get my eggs. They can do all their little extra stuff, okay? E-G-G, extra stuff, all they want to, because I don't care. I'm just so, it's so, just get sick of it. Hello? Hello, Hello 612. Yeah? Is that you? Yeah. Hello, six one two. She put herself back I'm on mute. Button. I'm face my hand. Hello. I'm messing with you. 
Say it again. They're, they're messing with me. I never pressed the button. Oh, your hand was raised. Okay, back on mute. Okay, start two if you'd like to speak. All right. So do, do not do. Yes, hi. Hi. Renata? Did you want to speak? Yeah, hi. Did you want to speak? Uh, uh, yeah, this is the first time uh, you've not been listening for a little bit. And I can kind of be late. It's just good to have a platform um, because I really thought that, you know, I was kind of alone in all this. I still don't understand why. Um, and the things that you were, you know, the, the uh, statements that you were reading from, mm -hmm. it's very informative. Yeah, um, it is. I was wondering if you, if you could tell me about, like, I get a lot of the, with the headlights and some of the tactics. I mean, what is, can you tell me, or if anyone else can tell me, what is the purpose of, like, having one light off and the headlights on the car? I don't know if anyone knows you or anyone else knows. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm calling from Pennsylvania. But I don't know okay. if this is a nationwide thing. Yeah, it I, is. What's, what's your name? I'm sorry. My name's Adrian. Oh, Adrian. Hi. Welcome to the call, Adrian. Did anyone tell you about oh. the call? How did you hear about it? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. How did you hear about the call? You mean the, 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 your pro, the program? Yes, yes. Um, you know, I'm trying to think back now. How... I guess that's because I was looking at it on YouTube, and, and that, that's how I found out about it um, oh, okay. initially. Yeah. Oh, so, good. Um, well, welcome. Sure. welcome. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm if anyone can came. tell me, I mean, there's so many different things. You know, I probably have, um, I, I, I've kind of steeled myself when I go out. I hate to really even kind of give them a platform to let them know, because I know they're listening now, naturally, um, to let them know that, um, not that they're getting to me, but and, and at times, yes, they have intruded into, come, you know, into my face and been very confrontational. And, um, you know, when I was out with my husband or with my family or something or other, and I kind of, that, like, why don't these people leave me alone? But that's that's what they do. Like, uh, like you said, they try to push your button, or mm -hmm. and you can't even like mind your own business. But I was just wondering, what is the tactic? What what is it they're trying to prove with like with the real bright lights? Or um, if anyone could tell me, or if you know, um, well, um, that is the, a tactic. The headlights. Yes, that's a tactic called brightening, and uh -huh. um, they do it, they do it in various ways. There's a, a house behind my house, and um, they shine the brightest light you can imagine into my bedroom. So when I'm sleeping, it's really, really, really bright. Um, right. And uh, a lot of mind control was done with MK Ultra with the MK Ultra victims. A lot of mind control was done with lights. So there are a lot of things they will do with lights. You'll see different things with porch lights. You'll see mm -hmm. um, when, you're, when you're driving, they'll put on their high beams. Um, yeah. They'll have one light 
on and one light off in the light car, off. you know, the headlight. Yeah. Um, and all of that is just part of mind control, is part of getting your attention, is part of them letting you know this is us, we're behind you, we're in front of you, we're on the side of you, or whatever. Okay, it's all to get your attention, it's all part of the mind control. And I, I personally, I ignore it. Uh, my husband put a heavy yeah. blanket up the window. Um, and as this article was saying, a lot of this is um, provocation and they want to provoke you to anger, provoke you into yeah. confronting them. So we just put a heavy blanket up to the window and I just go to sleep. I don't, I'm not going to go over there and say, you know, turn your light on, whatever. Do, do you, do what you <laughs> yeah. want. You know, you just constantly, um, have to be solution oriented dealing with this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm just not the confrontational type. I don't have energy for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. some people, yeah, some some people probably would have gone over to the neighbor by now, but for what? Like for what? I already know that they're part of it. So why am I wasting my time? Um, but as mm. far as uh, on the road, I know exactly what you mean because they will do the one light. But I, I personally, I have learned to ignore all of that kind of stuff. Actually, never bothered me, and I know it doesn't that doesn't bother me. Okay, good. I think it's Very silly. Good. I'll be honest with you. I think it's it silly, but you know, I, I, I don't know. So, what is their purpose? I, it's I all my control. It's all it's hmm. all mind control. It is all to control you, to modify your behavior. Uh, somebody put you on a list somewhere. And um, uh. so since you are on this list, the goal is pretty much torture and to bring the target down, just to be honest, to, to, to bring the target down, you know, the goals, you know, to get you in a mental institution or in the penal system, which is jail, um, you know, to just get you to get you to respond negative, negatively to um, hmm. to their tax. So you just learn mm -hmm. to rise above it, uh, gain a, a close relationship with God and get through it. That's, yeah. that's my advice. But there are a lot of tactics. How, how long have you realized you've been targeted? Um, I would say maybe probably much longer than I realized, but knowingly now, maybe for about a year and a half, two years, but now when okay. I'm looking back on it, it's probably been much longer than that. But when I started realizing certain things and like, you know, and then I, I, I came across it quite by accident. And I said, I guess that's me. And I'm, the thing is, why? What the, I'm the least confrontational person. I am very quiet. I'm very, uh, I hate to say that, but, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm puzzled by it. I don't, I pretty much mind my own business. I mean, I'm not saying and that you I... Know, it, could, it could have absolutely nothing to do with you. Um, some people were born into targeting. Um, some people, is, it, it is a result, it's generational, I should say. It, it's some, for some people, um, like my children. My children were born into it because I'm targeted. Hmm. Um, so you never know, you know, definitely don't blame yourself. Don't spend too much time even trying to figure it out. I just believe that um, God's chosen children are targeted. Mm. That's what I believe. Mm -hmm. Even in church, there's somebody, even in church, I can't even, you know, uh, I, I said, wow. But, you know, I won't have to stop going or stop doing things 
But uh, I don't know. I'm just like, wow. But what can we do as, uh, I, I don't know if I should say we're a community, but I, I do realize that I'm not alone. And um, obviously there, there are a lot of people more than I realize that this is, you know, they're doing this too. And it's real, it, it is criminal. And they're trying to make us as criminals or for whatever their sick reasoning is. I, I really don't know. But anyway, I think you're a blessing. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. But, uh, yeah. Um, well, I think uh, as far as your question goes, what we can do um, besides, mm-hmm. as I already said, having a relationship with the Lord and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things that I think we should do personally every single day, right. whether we're having a good day or not, to take care of ourselves. And it's going to vary from person to person. But for me, it's prayer and meditation and positive affirmations and this call and so on and so forth. Like a lot of things mm-hmm. I have to do. Um, but besides that, I think that we uh, we really need to get into activism and exposing mm-hmm. um and there's various ways to expose uh, you can do a blog you can do youtube videos you can do uh go i was going to city council i haven't been in a while but i was going to the city council meetings or you know flyers or whatever we can do to get this exposed mm-hmm. you know we have to expose it yeah this is a spirit there is a spiritual as you were saying I mean, I've had things taken from me. Things come in. My things have been shifted around in my house. I've had mm-hmm. uh, things gone missing in my house of mine. And uh, I don't know. I just don't. It, it, it almost seems insurmountable. But I, I guess, uh, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I think I'll it's really. I think it's really important. I think it's very important for us to make our situations known on an individual basis. I think it is our responsibility Mm -hmm. um, and part of taking our power back and standing up for ourselves and being an example for our children and loved ones um, to not be afraid to expose this. But I do realize that it takes time to get to that point because they will target you harder in most cases. I don't know about everybody, but some people. but I think it's very important for us to to make our situation public, to make sure somebody knows about this, you know? If something so should how happen. how do you do that when there's so many people, your neighbors and everything are, you know, in our, like, uh, I don't know. If, if they're, like, your neighbors or, you know, everywhere you go practically, but who, and the thing is believability. Other than the people well, the I, I don't care. At this, at this point, I don't really care who believes me at this point because I know my truth. <laughs> I know that right. there is uh, a whole smear campaign out there that says that I'm mentally ill, which I don't care exactly. about because you talk to me two seconds and know that I'm not, and and that goes for mm-hmm. all the rest of you. You know, you're not mm-hmm. mentally ill. Nobody on this call is mentally ill, so I don't really care about that at this point. At, at one time, I did. But um, when I say make it public, it doesn't even necessarily have to be the people you know. For me, I do it through YouTube videos. I do it on this call. And mm-hmm. I've done it other other ways. You know, I just think that mm-hmm. it needs to be made public. I have gone to the police multiple times 
um, and and told them I wanted it recorded, you know, made police reports. I told my medical doctor I want her to put it on my medical file that I'm targeted. Mm -hmm. So, however you, mm -hmm. you choose to do it, I think it should be done. That I mean, that's just my own personal feelings. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, why, why, why would I, why would I leave this earth? Because at one point we're all going, and right. no, nobody ever heard my side of this. You know what I'm saying? One thing about this crime is that it's very one-sided. It's only what they put out there about you, which is a lie. Mm -hmm. You know, which is a whole smear campaign. So for me. And I'm quiet like you, believe it or not. I, I, I want to be a quiet person, but these people have brought brought this other side of me where I have to constantly be dealing <laughs> yeah. with people I don't want to do. But um, why should I leave here and nobody ever knows my story? You know what I'm saying? In mm -hmm. my word, the way I want to tell right. it. You know, the only thing I, I leave this earth and the only story out there is that she's crazy. She's this, she's mm -hmm. that. You know, all these lies about me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I can't force anyone to believe me, but like I said, at this point, I don't care whether you do or not. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But my truth is my truth, and I'm going to tell it. And not only that, I'm committed to trying to help other people through it. And that's the other thing that we should do. We should always try to help someone else. And whatever, mm -hmm. whatever gifts and talents the Lord has blessed you with, I don't know. You know, I don't know you, so I don't know, but I know that we all have some gifts and talents that come natural for us, and we should use those to give back as part of our calling from God. Mm -hmm. well, I'm not going to be a wimp Christian, you know what I'm saying? Because the devil's people, I have to say, they're very loyal to him. They go out there doing this devilish stuff all day, every day, very loyal right. to Satan. And I feel that the Lord's um, uh, Christians should be the same. Why should we walk around yeah. afraid? Beating up me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Be, and you know why I'm not gonna do it? Because I did it for too long, and I didn't like it. Ah. Uh, right. Um. Well. Okay. Well, you've been very helpful and insightful. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I finally got the nerve up to call <laughs> to say, you know, to oh, participate. Oh yeah. But. <laughs> yes, please, please do. Um, and those lights is just another tactic. It's another tactic. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, they but don't those me, but lights is a big silly. part. Of, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's a big part of mind control. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'll I'll let someone else speak now. I didn't mean to take up so much time, but uh, uh, no problem. I'm glad that I called. <laughs> All right. I am too. Please. Please um please um come back next week and feel free to speak again on this call if you like, okay? Oh, okay. All right, I will. If I All think right. of something else. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you. Okay. Okay, Tia, I'm going to unmute you. Hello. I was trying to unmute Tia. Tia? Did I get you? Let me see. I'm trying to unmute you. Hello, Hello? Tia. Hi. Hi. Yeah, it's been unmuted right now. 
How are I, you? Yes, I, I'm okay. Um, I just was listening to the lady who just called and I can really relate to how perplexed she feels. And it's just, you just wonder why. Um, I just wanted to also like for me reading the book of Revelation and how things are going to be in the last days and mm -hmm. how um, the system is just going to be just wicked. And even Jesus in one of his prophecies, I need to look up the exact scripture I was listening to. I listened to the Bible and I was just listening to it. I don't remember where it was, but he was saying how, you know, people were going to betray each other and just be just horrible to each other in the last days. And everything that targets go through with the family, with friends, with different people just turning on you and everything. It's like, wow, Jesus said it would be this way. Like, you know, um, before the end time, in the end times, before the end comes, that it would be this way. So pretty much we have to kind of dig our heels in the dirt and say, I'm just going to stand as long as God gives me the strength to stand, I'm going to stand. Um, That's right. And I thought today, like I was thinking today, because I'm I'm kind of like you, I, I just refuse to just hide in the house and, you know, just disappear from the world. I just refuse. Like, I can't. Like, that's just not me. I'm, I've never been that way. I just pray for God's strength and I go out. Um, mm -hmm. But I was thinking, like, something came to my mind today, and I hope I'm wrong. But years ago, this was like back in 1995 or 96, I had a boyfriend at the time that we, things were not going well. He was ex-military. Things were not going well. And I remember at one point he was mad at me. And then when he got over it, he was like, yeah, I was going to, I know you're slightly paranoid. So I was going to do something to you that would make you even more paranoid. What? And yeah, that's what he told me. I know. I need to pick better people, which is why I don't really date right now. Yeah, it's not I your don't fault. No, pick. it's not your fault. I don't think I have the best picker. But anyway, um, yeah, he told me, he's like, I was going to do something. And I was just wondering, like, I was wondering, like, was this program around in 1995 and being military? Maybe he knew about it. I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I wonder, did he sign me up into this? Because well, I just don't as, know. As far as I know, this program really goes all the way back to the Bible days, because I believe that um, the Lord Jesus was a targeted individual. Look at all that he went through. Yeah, no, he was definitely targeted, but he we but we know why. Like he was targeted mainly by the Jews who were jealous of him, mainly. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the scribes, the Pharisees, all those people who were in power and they didn't they, they feared, you know, the crowds that followed him. So it was clear like why. But for a lot of us, it's like why? Like we're not Jesus. No, no, no. But I was I was answering your question about how long you said was this around was this program around in, in the nineties. And I'm telling you, yes, it went all the way back to the Bible days. But also, um, my first child was born in 95, and I was targeted then, even before then, okay. really. But I knew that I, I was targeted in 95. So that's just answering your question about, you know, if it was around. I'm talking about, time. yeah, I'm talking about like this particular program where they have the security guards, they have the police. Um, Man, yes. the police have just been horrible around me lately. And I'm just like, this is just crazy. I'm like, there's people out there selling drugs. There's people out there doing all kinds of stuff. You know, they shouldn't be doing crime. Why are they wasting their time, like, flying over, you know, police helicopters, flying over innocent people? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense. But I don't, you know, spending a lot of time thinking about that is a waste of time. I wanted to talk about another tactic that happened to me as well that I want to know that anybody else experienced. 
I had um, these phone calls that were coming through, you know, these random numbers that, and one time I made the mistake of picking up and I picked up only because I thought it was a number that I recognized and I was wrong, it wasn't. So the guy says in a really weird voice, he's like, is Marina there? Okay, Marina, that was the name he said. And I'm like, no, you have the wrong number. And I hung up. And um, mm -hmm. the next like week at church, this girl comes up to me and I'm standing in line. Uh, we have like confession. I'm standing in line for confession. And she just comes and stands like literally, I have been in line for a while. She walks in and stands, cuts in front of me and just stands there. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is just for a reaction. Like, I already knew. Like, I'm like, okay, so in church, this is in church now. Um, mm -hmm. But nobody else noticed, you know, like they do it in a way to where you know that it's on purpose and what they're doing. But to other people, they just might think, oh, this poor girl doesn't know where she's standing. No, out of all the people in line, she comes and stands directly in front of me, cuts me. So I was already in line for a long time and I was tired and I just wanted to go sit down. So I just, calmly went around her and went and sat down because I was not about to have a scene or anything. So after church, she comes outside and, you know, tries to have a conversation. I believe it was the same girl. I'm like 99% sure. And while we're talking, she says that her name is Marina. I'm mm. like, you've got to be kidding me. Like that was the same name. The guy on the phone, he said, that's not a very, to me, that's not a common name. I don't hear that name all the time. No, that's not a common and, name. So for her to come up, oh, I'm Marina. <laughs> I'm just like, these people are crazy. Something's wrong. <laughs> Something is seriously yeah. wrong with them. Like who, who thinks stuff like that up? Who thinks it up? You know, it's just really- Yeah, she, she was, it sounds like she was a perp, yeah. No, and I, so I saw her again today. I'm, I'm standing outside and she walks up. She kind of looks surprised. Like, I think maybe she thought I was already in the church, but I had come out and I was just standing out in the front. and um. So she goes inside and I say, okay, so she's gonna be normal. She's gonna leave me alone today. And so I just turn around, I'm reading the bulletin. When I turn back around, she's standing directly behind me outside the church and there's nobody else out there. And I'm, I just looked at her like, really? Like I put some distance, you know, between myself and her, moved over and just continued to read my bulletin. And when I looked up again, she was gone. But it's just like, what are these people doing and why? You know, um, and I know you said it's to get a reaction, it's mind control. It's, mm -hmm. And honestly, I, to be honest, I don't think I'm strong enough to not be mind controlled, but I do believe God is strong enough to keep me from being mind controlled. So I always just pray, mm -hmm. you know, like turn my heart, my life, my mind, everything over to Jesus, you know, and ask him to hold me together because only he, right now I'm getting a helicopter flyover. I don't know if you can hear it, but this is constant. Is so okay. I want to say one more thing. Friday, I'm at work. There's flyovers doing circles literally over where I work. And the people, I don't want to say too much about that, but um, the people that were around me, I'm like, check this out. And I saw so I'm filming. And then I shook my finger at the helicopter, like, no, no, you know, like, you know, a mother would shake her finger, like, no, 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 don't do that. Mm -hmm. I did that. Mm -hmm. And so this was like at 10 30 ish on Friday. So Saturday morning, I'm leaving my house at exactly the same time. Now I'm at my house now, right? I'm leaving. As soon as I step out the door, I hear the helicopter. I look up, it's directly over my apartment building and it's flying circles over my apartment building the same way it was flying circles over my job at the exact same time, but a different location. What are the odds of that? Right. Like that can't happen well, by they, accident. They definitely and do I got the it helicopter stuff. Huh? 
I said they definitely do the helicopter stalking. Yes. But they only my, they only have one helicopter, as far as I was told. I told you about the guy who hit my car at the park a few weeks ago. Well, when I was on 911, the helicopter was going over and I was like, she was like, I can't hear you. And I said, that's because the hell your helicopter is going over my head like it always is. I'm like, how many of these things do you guys have? And she's like, we only have one. I'm like, you only have one for the for the for the cops in our city. You only have one because how can it be everywhere I am? If you don't like I thought they had a fleet of them. That's how much mm -hmm. I see them. I'm like, I thought you had a whole fleet. She's like, no, we have one. But isn't that sad that they would take the only helicopter they have to target you? That's very sad. But how could they fly over me at the exact same time in two different locations on adjacent days? But it happens all the time. But the, at, the day after I shook my finger at it, now it's coming more. I'm seeing it more and more. Yeah, Can they because they got a reaction like, out of you. They got a reaction out of you. So that's why they're doing it more. You know, but, whatever we what whatever we react to the most, that's what we're going to see play out in our targeting the most. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't do other things, but that's going to be the uh, dominant thing in our targeting. Because I say to myself that early on, I must have really um, uh, responded to the, or they must have really got a reaction out of me regarding the police early on, which they did, because I was constantly at the police department complaining, like, why are these police? And so all these years later, that is still the dominant thing in my targeting is the police and security guards and any kind of law enforcement. So it's whatever. So do we you think? Do you think me calling the police station and asking them to please discontinue having their helicopter fly over me would work? No, because that's a reaction. Because what what that's saying to these sick-minded people is that oh, this really bothers her. Remember, they're trying to disturb your peace they're trying to bother you so if you're letting them know can you please tell them to stop because this is bothering me even if you don't say those words this is bothering me just the fact that you're calling to complain about it says to these sick individuals this is really bothering her so yeah let's keep it right there because this is bothering her matter of fact let's amp it up some because that's okay so here's my next question who else has the authority to have helicopters because honestly if it's not the police one there's a red there's there's four different colors. My poor little granddaughter sees this. I just feel so bad for her because she sees it happening. So I was, I was, she's like, is it just the police? Because anyway, she's seen them do the, doing the circles over us. They do it over me all the time. And I'm like, no, there's a yellow one, there's a black one, and there's a red one. Now the police one is blue, but there's other colors. So, and so since the police department already told me they only have one, can private citizens own helicopters? Do you know? Well, I don't know if you were here when I was just reading that article, but the article said how they use private contractors. They have no, but they but can private, but can they own like who can own a helicopter? Can private people own? Because you know, yes, you know, only yes. police can have a. No, okay. there are people who own helicopters. There are private people who own helicopters who probably contract with the government oh. in some type of way. There are oh. military helicopters that may not necessarily yeah. be green and look like military. Um, I, I get I get a um, airplane every morning. I, I get it every every day. You know, I don't care because I say to myself, if you want to use uh, spend all your money on fuel for a helicopter or a plane, then go. Away. 
you know, it doesn't, I don't care because I know what it is and I'm not going to let it affect me. So that's the attitude that we have to take to just show them whatever. It's still not going to stop me. That's what I tell myself. It's not going to stop me. It's not going to stop nothing. I don't care what you do. So, um, but whatever we're reacting to, that's what we're seeing the most. And for me, I see so much law enforcement. It could be. I'm having another flyover right now. I've because had three just since I've been talking to you just since I came on to talk, not since I've been listening. Just since I've been talking, mm -hmm. I've had three flyovers. Yeah, because they, they know that that's getting a reaction out of you. So, you know, Which just pray that. on that. Excuse me. All right. I said, which means they're probably listening to the call because how they just started literally when I started talking. <laughs> yeah, well, they can definitely hear our conversations, you know, through our cell phones and computers, but that shouldn't stop you from talking. It's all okay, to shut well, you down. You know, they want to stop you from doing whatever you're doing, which, you know, we're only doing regular things that other people do, but they even want us to stop that, you know, but don't stop. No stop. Well, okay, so here's my last thing. The police. I don't believe all the police could be in on some because I just cannot believe all police are bad. I can't. And the next thing is, like, why why would the police like I, I understand the private security companies, they might need the money, but why would the police be in on? Like, I don't understand why they would be in on it. Well, first of all, I agree with you. Have things to do. I agree with you that not all police are involved. I don't think all of anything. I don't think all helicopters. I don't think all police. I don't think all the neighbors. I don't think all of anything. What I think is that there is an inner circle of these different, you know, departments or units or people or whatever. Okay. It's inner circle of the neighbors. It's an inner circle of the police. You know, that's what I believe. Um, as far as why, some of them, I believe, may know that they are targeting innocent people. But I also believe that many of them have been told the smear campaign. This person is under investigation. And so they genuinely think that they're doing a civic duty by, in their mind, they're not targeting you. In their mind, they might be thinking that they are really watching a suspect. Oh. Or potential. That's what I believe. That's just on my observation. I have no proof of that, but that's what I believe. Okay, that makes sense. That some of them truly, you know, I believe that they that they tell people at these stores that I steal. That's what I, I think. You know, I have no way of confirming it, but that's, and I think that a lot of those people who follow me truly think, okay, we're going to catch her stealing. You know what I mean? I mean, I might wow. be wrong. I know I don't know you that makes really good sense. I think you're right. I think that makes that makes that makes good sense. And that'll help me just keep praying for people and not be mad, not be so angry. And I also believe that's how it looks so natural. Like if you look at some of these people, like they are really serious, you know. And I think that's why, because they are truly thinking that they are trying to help to bring down a criminal. But now, they should know that, that's not the way the law works in our country. Like that's a that's below the table type thing. They they should like if somebody came to me and said we suspect your neighbor is that it is would you do this? No, I'm not the police. I'm not the FBI. Call them. I'm not going to help. I'm not because I right. don't know that they're that they've done anything, and it's not my right. job to do that. So why would they? Like I could understand why the police would agree because that's their job. Okay, so 
she's under investigation, let's fly over her a few times a day or whatever. But for the, the foot people, the people that, you know, these, these random people, and I use that term very loosely because I don't, I don't think they're, I'm just like, you can't be a human being. You cannot. Like, to me, they seem subhuman. But anyway, them, like, why would they do it? Because I would not do that to a person ever. Well, I just, I just well many, many, many of them are getting paid. Many of them are getting paid. And there are some of them, a lot of them, who know exactly what they're doing. And they know that you're innocent. Some, uh, Many of them do know. But then there are some that really don't know. So I think it's a mixture of both. And some are doing it purely for the check, you know, the gift card or whatever they're getting. And then um, some are doing it as a bribe because maybe they don't want to go back to prison. There, there's a, a guy on my channel um, and he was saying that, you know, his whole, he, he's an ex-con and uh, they threatened that they would harm his entire family. So he's so he's yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, I heard that episode. You know? So there, there's different reasons, you know, there's different reasons, not, you know, everybody's doing it for, for a different reason. And some are really unknowing. Some are unknowing. So. Okay. Well, as I'm having my fourth flyover, I will, I will let someone else talk. Thank you so much, Renata. No problem. Okay. Um, okay. So somebody was trying to speak, but they hung up. Um, star two, if you'd like to speak, you can speak now. Star two. Okay. There's someone. Hi, MDB. Okay. Okay. Look like somebody star two, but I don't know how to unmute you. Okay, press star two again if you would like to speak. Because at first I saw you and now I don't. Star two. Okay. Hello. Hey, Renato. Hey, how you doing, Melvin? I'm fine. I, I was calling into um basically kind of like chime in on, on some information. You, you know, um, like TIs like to join a group, like in the past, like they're the TI list, right? Yes. And they, they have it now, but it's starting to cause confusion. I, I brought up an um, idea, like the person mm -hmm. that's, that's um, I guess made, made them themselves the, a partner person over the new, TI groups. Uh -huh. I suggested, like, well, they can probably do it by going about this route. See if the person click with somebody, just due to everybody with different personalities, just find someone that they can click with. And if they want to uh -huh. share information with that particular person, to try to uh -huh. kind of like reach reach the partner person so they can kind of like navigate those, between those avenues to get north to the meet. But um, one person got upset because it was a group of people that contacted them, and it caused a whole lot of confusion. But I kind of got some um, you, you know, like it was kind of ar argument argumentative from from chiming in on it because I couldn't really state what I was stating just now, just because of a conflict that they had experienced. 
with with someone on a cause and they didn't really want to get into it. So I just wanted to say, like, be careful with the um, CIA thing. Just if, if I don't have a problem with people doing it, but if they want to mm-hmm. do it, just try to see if they can find certain individuals that they can click with. And right. then kind of see if you can reach out to someone to try to, you know, exchange numbers if you don't want to do it over the line. Yeah. I gave up on that like, buddy list a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like some, some people are still don't, doing a buddy list thing. So you're saying, you, you're saying if you yeah. find somebody you click with, just exchange numbers with that person. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of um, having a group of different people call you from, from the buddy list and you don't feel quite comfortable dealing with them just because of their personalities of some some sort, yeah. like certain, certain people you can click with and certain people you can't. Like it's just it's just like that. So that, I, that's what I, I was saying. If you want to reach out to certain people to try yeah. to network with somebody and, and go, go about doing it that route instead of like, six or seven different people calling your home at one time and you get to the point where you kind of feel a little uncomfortable? I don't yeah. like those buddy lists where, where everybody's number is just sitting out there in the open like that. I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten so bad. I, I was telling them on a the call. I guess I didn't get my number, but I did give my email. And what they're doing now is like, the group email thing, if someone is bickering with somebody else mm-hmm. about something that you don't know about, they would include it in a group email of 200 and something people so you can see what they're bickering about. Mm. So it's, wow. It, there's a lot of, like, it's a good, good side and bad side of, of, of doing that, like the, um, and that's one bad side, like you looking at everybody's business and stuff because they decided to put you in a group email. Yeah, I don't like group text, group email. I'm like none of that. I, I get a lot of the group emails, but I just read them. I don't normally respond. I don't like them. And there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of bickering going back and forth on those group things. Yeah, I mean, like just giving my feedback on it and letting them know like how to go about doing it, if that was something they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just back and forth. It's, it kind of we got got down into like a little back and forthness because they felt like I was disagreeing with something that they was trying to trying to pursue. But that was done years ago. I, I, I was just just giving my opinion. So yeah. I mean, I got some heat from it. So it just, it's just so sad. Thing, that being a so divided. Isn't it sad mm-hmm. that the TI community is so divided? It is. I mean, you can't listen to someone else's opinion as actually trying to help help you. Because, like, if people feel violated just because you gave out someone's number, like you gave out their number to, to, to strangers, that that's what they feel, like they're going to come after you about it. So I was just trying to find a way to remedy it. Find who you click with and see if you can exchange numbers with that particular individual instead of doing like you said, you have your name on a list and a whole lot of people call you that, that you're mm-hmm. not familiar with. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. Somebody been calling me from a block number and they will never get an answer, so they might as well give up because it ain't going to happen. 
Every time I answer a block call, I get some kind of purpose. Uh. <laughs> I had to put batteries in my own because I don't have the what you call them phone right now, the, the mm-hmm. wireless phone that you carry around. I, yeah. I have the, the old phones with, with a little extension wire that goes to it. In in order to see who's calling, I have to put batteries in my phone so it can show. So I I wasn't seeing people number for for a while now, but I mean not, now I'm finally seeing who's calling. So that that help a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I just didn't pick up the phone. I I, I would listen to my voicemail and just call them back. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Well, Melman, I'm sorry that happened. No, it, it's just it's one of those things that being a TI, you just, just learn to just let it roll over sometimes. That's it. I don't like, deal, like with, deal with it and let it roll over. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I backed off of dealing with a lot of people in the community like I used to years ago because it's just so dysfunctional. It's like a dysfunctional family. And the sad thing about it is, is like the group that they had in the past is is a totally new group. Now you you see you hear some familiar faces that pop on every once mm-hmm. in a while, but it's a totally new group of TI, and yet That's they're true. still dealing with the same bickering that that the TIs of the past dealt with. It is a whole new group of people. You're right. Yeah. Well. Sometimes you just have to keep your opinion to yourself because it don't go too far in this uh, community. Yep. Hear that? Hello? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I, I was saying I hear that. And thanks for the link. That was just a sign to back, back in the um, chat room. I, oh, I have yeah, a computer. You know all the links I share with you? Mm-hmm. I had to do a computer refresh, a computer refresh, because I was having issues with my computer, so it wiped out everything, all my favorites and all of that. So I'm, I'm basically trying to resave everything over. Oh no! Problem again, patents and everything. I'm have to just try to relook for it and see if I can remember where I found them from. Oh, I hate when that happens. Cause you be collecting that stuff thing. over a long period of time, and then that happens. And and it happened on on my part because you know stupid me, that's going to school for computers. Little did I know, you you know like if you have a desktop, right? Like like you mm-hmm. have a big desktop and it's sitting down in a certain space, especially surrounded around carpet. Yeah. It tend to get on um, dusty in the inside, so I have to kind of like get the thing to blow it out and clean it out. I wasn't doing that like I should, and it was um like messing up my computer. So I'm going to have to do that more more often and just try to keep the inside of it clean and keep dust, dust from collecting in the inside of the machine. Yeah. So how's school going? It's going fine. I just finished off this semester. Passed the okay. classes. Okay. One, one more semester left. Oh wow! Good for you, Melvin. Yes. My daughter's fi- uh, finishing up her first semester, but I think she's gonna transfer. We probably bring her out of there because they had that um, person said they were gonna shoot up the whole school twice last week. 
are, are y'all transferring it back, back, like, toward the Bay Area, or you're going to look for another campus down there? Well, she she has her eye on one, I think one or two down there, and then a few up this way in Northern California. But you know, you have to be accepted. You have to apply and be accepted. So, yeah, we'll see. But you know, this um, mass shooting stuff—it kind of like happens anywhere and everywhere now. It's just uh, it's sad. Yeah, like it happened down here. You, you you remember the um shooting down here in Texas at the high Which school? One? That, that wasn't too far from me. That was oh. in um near near Houston. What what's the name of that shooting? That school? Is it um? Um, there been so many. I can't even remember. I don't even remember one in Houston. Do I? Oh, it wasn't that long ago, was it? It wasn't. I'm trying to think of the name. The Santa Fe? The um, Santa Fe, okay. Texas sh- shooting? Oh, okay. What wasn't that far from me? What, which part of Texas are you in? I'm in Houston. Oh, you're in Houston? Yeah. yeah. My son wants to move to Texas. I told him I was going to ask you about <clears throat> how I was there, but we've been to Houston before. I like Houston. But I don't, I don't think I can live in Texas. But he he wants to. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to get adjusted to it too. I mean, yeah, the um, yeah. The, the the Santa Fe thing I was talking about, it was just six minutes from my house. It, it was six minutes from me. Oh my goodness! That, that, that's how close it was. The Santa Fe shoot. That's very close. That's terrible. The, the, these mass killings, they're so senseless. Like, it shouldn't happen. You know, and I hate to say this. I hate to say this. I hate to say this because I, I really don't believe in excusing any kind of bad behavior. But a lot of times when you hear about these uh, shooters, you could really tell that they were targeted, a lot of them. That they were under mind control. It was under mind control. It was being bullied. It, it, it could have been anything. Like something, something was going on with them that wasn't right. Yeah. And a lot of their friends and family will say, you know, oh, they were hearing voices and you know this kind of stuff. Um, Tia, I just a, hi. I was trying to leave a message in the chat room, and I just wanted to know: is it locked? Because I can't click on it to leave a message. No, Melvin, are you able to type in the chat room? Yeah. Try try to type something, Melvin. Yeah, Melvin just typed in there. Yeah. Wait. See if you can do a refresh and see if, if that'll help. A refresh. Oh, okay. All right. I'll try. I, I'm not really computer savvy. I'm on my phone anyway. But I wanted to say about the shooting. Um, I know you. I've never heard you speak about this, Renata, on this call, but. You know about Myron May, right? Yes. Uh-huh. We back, back when that happened, we talked about it then. Yes. Okay, well, I wasn't even this wasn't even on my radar back then. I just found out about him recently by accident just listening to one of his YouTube videos and I'm like, "Oh, that's a handsome young man, whatever." I had no idea that he was gone at the time that I'm watching this video, he was already gone, you know. Oh, wow. Um, you didn't know that. No, because I wasn't I'm new. 
Like I, I didn't know about this a year ago. I didn't know any of this. I mean, I've known yeah. for a long time that things are weird, but I didn't know about what it was called or that I was one or anything. So yeah, that was one, that's very sad. But yeah, you were saying a lot of people might be TIs and I was just thinking about him. The thing I don't understand with him though is why he chose to do that because he seemed like he was a Christian. He was a believer in Jesus. You know, he seemed like such a nice young man. I don't understand why he chose to go that way. And I don't it was know mind he control. He, he was under heavy mind control. And it's something that you won't understand until you experience it. And I say that because before I knew that this was, that I was a TI or even what a TI was, I was to the point of suicide. And I have never in my life believed in suicide because I was always taught that you won't go to heaven if you commit it because you don't have a chance to repent. And so I've never believed in suicide, but I'm going to tell you, this program had me to that point. So it's something, but I thank God for, for sparing me um, so that it didn't happen. But I can easily see how people, especially if you're not doing anything to take care of yourself mentally, and that's nothing against anybody, but sometimes you don't even know that you need to, to be doing something to take care of yourself mentally. And you have all these people coming against you. And then he was uh, sleep deprived. And that's a huge part of mind control. So if you're not getting sleep, you guys, please make sure you know, you're getting sleep or at the least get some rest. If, you know, if you can't close your eyes and go to sleep, sit somewhere and rest because um, sleep deprivation is a huge part of mind control. And he was not getting sleep. He was getting um, having voice to skull. And it, it took him over the edge like it does so many other people. So, yeah, I, I do understand. He was very that, you intelligent. Know, he was an attorney. He was he was an attorney. He was a very intelligent yeah. man. He yeah. had friends. He had you know yeah. uh, life. You know before this happened, and I don't think that he. Well, no, he did know. Yes, he did. I was gonna say I don't think he knew he was targeted, but yes, he did because yeah. that's the he left that he long video about people. it. That's the other thing. He reached out to people in this community, and he didn't really get you know the response that he you know, probably should have gotten. And all of that put together just sent him over. And it's, it's too bad, but it did. Can you still hear me? Hey, hey, hey Renata? Hey, hey, yes, you guys, Another person that reached out to the child community was Ernie Alexis, the um, yep. Navy Yard shooter. Yep. I, I, I don't think, um, what was the girl's name? She was hearing voices. She heard Obama. The dental hygienist, um, Miriam. Oh, yeah, Miriam Yep. Yeah. There was another one, people. you guys. There was another one, you guys. He was on YouTube. He was big on YouTube. What was his name? I used to watch him on YouTube, and he was he was very intriguing. He was articulate. He was a military person as well. That's another thing. A lot of these people were ex-military. But the one on YouTube, I was so surprised when I saw him on the news. I was like, wait a minute, that's that guy from YouTube. Um, but he would, he on his videos, he would show the article I just read was talking about how they like to provoke you. He was constantly being provoked and he would share it on his YouTube channel. And on one of his videos, um, there was a strong knock at his door. And he was one of those people that believed in, you know, carrying guns and everything. And he said, watch this. He said, my nephew has been staying with me, but he's not here right now. He said, but watch this be his friends. He said, every time 
my nephew leaves, his friends come to the door and they try to taunt me and they do all this perp stuff. So strong knock on the door and he opened the door with a gun in his hand and it was, lo and behold, two of his nephew's friends. And the friends were shocked when they saw the gun and they were like, why you got that blood? Why you got this gun? Why you got this gun? And he was like, I'm tired of y'all playing with me, you know? And so he, this guy was really going through it. He was like, I have to constantly deal with this targeting stuff. And before you knew it, I forgot what he shot up or who he killed, but he, they, he ended up getting killed by the police because he was shooting up. He did some kind of mass shooting and I can't think of what, what he shot up, but it was major and it was all over the news. And so these are people who would otherwise be regular citizens that just want to be left alone, but not everybody can deal with this. And some people don't have that temperament where they're going to put up with this. You know what I'm saying? Like we were saying, ignore or confront. Well, some people are more on the confrontational side and they don't play, especially a lot of these ex-military people. And unfortunately, that's what they do. And it's really sad because the innocent people who die don't deserve it. Like they had nothing to do with it. They don't know about targeting, um, but they're casualties of war. And it's sad. So where he probably would not have committed suicide, um, this program, that's the reality of this program that a lot of people will give in to suicide or killing other I, people, which they should. Can I still be heard? Excuse me? I just wonder if you could still hear me or not. We can hear you. Yeah, so, so with Myron May, I think God really spared him from killing anybody because even though he did the shooting, nobody died from his, you know. So that was a blessing that he didn't have to leave the world with you know, having killed somebody, you know. Yeah. So I, I just, I was just confused because after watching his videos, he was such a soft-spoken, intelligent, just really sweet, sweet seeming, you know. And I just wonder what they said to him to get him to go do that. I understand being depressed and, you know, the whole suicide thing, I understand. But getting somebody that seemingly loving type of person to go and shoot other people. I just don't understand how that part happened, you know. Well, it was the voices, you know, the voices. Uh, uh, some targets get the voice to skull and it uh, those voices torture them because they hear them nonstop 24 seven. And then some people actually give in to what the voices tell them to do. There was one guy who came to my call a couple of years ago and he would literally stand in the corner most of the day because the voices were telling him to stand in the corner. And there's another person who would not eat because the voices were telling her not to eat. And so she became anorexic, very, very fragile and thin. So it's real, like it's really real for some people. And it's it's just it's a horrible. This is this is really really a horrible program. This is not good. There's another aspect to this that I don't think is being addressed. Go uh, ahead, the robotization of some people. When you look at the Uber driver in Ohio, 
he claimed that he was taken over by an app. And supposedly when he, Black Child did something on that before he was taken down, where they're showing this man actually as he's trying to discuss in court what's happening, to actually pull him out of his chair and he could tell he was completely drugged. Well, part of it was he said he was taken over by an app and he couldn't control anything. Well, I've also talked to other um, uh, TIs who claim that they've been robotized and even um, they forced them to light themselves on fire. They actually can manipulate their, their limbs through this nanotech with the chips in your body. Somehow they can do that. I know when I was in the hospital, they loaded me up with chips and I could actually feel them start to activate these things. And I think they were trying to set me up for something like that. All you can do is be in one place. They have you go into one place, and they can set it up where they shoot people and then blame it on you. So this is this is all for the gun control laws. We're expendable. Then you can say that, you know, we killed a bunch of kids in the school, and then all of a sudden everybody feels horrible. And see, this person, was a, they said they were a TI, and they heard voices, and they said the government's after people and things like that. And all of a sudden, it makes uh, the whole group sound uh, delusional and paranoid. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, a Romola video a while ago. I haven't seen it, but I heard about it. Uh, this guy, um, on the sense, I believe, was on there discussing about how uh, this is done with forced speech and everything. And it can actually make your body go in areas that you don't like, make you do things that you don't like. Uh, this is not always exactly by choice. Yes, that, that's that's right, Kim. It's not always by choice. And you know, some people are made into Manchurian candidates. If you guys have ever seen that um, that movie, The Manchurian Candidate, that's real. Uh, a lot of programming oh, yeah. happens in our sleep. Um, you can be sleeping, you can be programmed. You can be programmed to a word, to a sound, to an object. Oh. And when they want to activate you, they, they can do it. Yeah, and um, uh, for a long time when I uh, first came across the story about um, the 600,000 troops and how they were going to poison the water supply in uh, North Dakota, and um, all of a sudden things just really ramped up for me, and they did everything they could to put me into a um, mental institution, and the same guy who heard the story too, they killed him with a very aggressive cancer at the same time. And uh, they, they put you in a place where... Um, They'll, they'll charge you falsely. You will not be allowed to call witnesses. You will not be allowed to submit evidence. It looks like I was being set up for organ harvesting. Um, they own the judge. The judge is appointed. It's not elected. There is no jury. There is basically you're being forced drug before you go in there, so you don't even know what happens. And basically you get this parade of people lying about you, and there's nothing that you can do to defend yourself. Well, it was amazing, a miracle I got up beforehand, but I'm watching this happening to a parade of other people. And since then, I've had people in the TI community feed me false stories that I thought were, you know, prominent TIs and actually meant well because, you know, oh, I was at Standing Rock. Oh, you know, I was in Oregon. Oh, I was a close friend with uh, uh, Finnegan. You know, so you believe a lot of things that they say. And for a long time, you you come across certain people where you're looking for information for. And then I find the same common thing with all of them. The people who are trying to feed you false information, usually they have to check with their handlers in between what they're telling you and what you're telling them. And they'll say, well, i got to go eat now. And you 
for what would be like a 20-minute conversation. It may take you an entire week to get it out because all of a sudden it's like I got to go now and then they they spread slander and smear tactics to try and discredit whatever story you had. And so there is a very uh, concerted effort to slander certain people and to totally diminish what they say. Then all of a sudden you have to um, say that they're not only are they mentally ill, but they're unstable. And so you look at things like um, there was this YouTube gentleman. Uh, he went under the code name um, Thomas Brinkley. His real name was Michael Cravey. And he was exposing how the Arroyo shooting was basically an MK Ultra thing. And that the guy was basically, who was accused of it, didn't do the shooting. And it sounded like he was scopolamined and um, left for, for the police to come and take. And uh, he was innocent. Well, it turns out they sent Tom, they basically set Tom Sprinkley up the same thing. All of a sudden they say that he's um, assaulting people in a certain area of town where he's not even at. He's the other side of town in a drive through And they're saying he's attacking people in the mall with a butcher knife. So how can he be in two places at the same time? And then they said that they shot him on sight. And so when they shoot us, there's no way to defend yourself. But he was also working with the guy with Tyranny's News Network. He was talking about all the blurring inconsistencies with these. And every time it ends up where we're portrayed as we're some nutcase violent people. And so mm-hmm. there have to be some more stringent gun laws or violence laws or we need something to do with... Um, uh, mental stability cases, uh, you know, if you see something, say something, so anybody can be taken under any charges whatsoever, and you're denied any due process. And so that's what's scary about what's being done with um, uh, Trump right now, saying uh, guns first, no due process. He's against the Fourth Amendment. For us not to have any right uh, to a jury trial, now suddenly we have these military tribunals. Well, that's basically what I almost went through. And I can guarantee you that through this hospital alone, there were a parade of other people that went through that. And even this disinformation person who was feeding me this wrong information is a very prominent TI, which I, I wasn't expecting. All of a sudden, they just say, oh, Trump is a good guy, and I've talked to him, and, you know, he's here to help us. And, well, what about the Fourth Amendment? What about the due process? And you point out all these things, and, you know, how about uh, Henry Mackow, where you can go in there, and uh, it'll show how he's a pedophile and went to uh, Epstein's Island uh, with Bill Clinton, and there were court documents and testimony and eyewitnesses of how he was uh, molesting underage girls. You know, how is that somebody going to make a difference with us? Or how about the Veterans Today article where it shows him taking part in a snuff film in Saudi Arabia when he was there? You can put, uh, how about the executive order where people are complaining about 5G, and that's already pushed through. That's executive order, I believe it's 6409. It's a done deal. So they have us arguing over little things, but the meantime, people are being taken under vast numbers and we're disappearing and nobody seems to make any difference in this and I bring this up to this person and two other people I was also brought this up to this person found them having glaring inconsistencies in what they said where this is a kill program and he's just like oh no that really isn't the case no this is a huge case you can look at the Kelly 67 
uh, where George Webb does an interview with um, PIs and black market organ harvesting. And you can go to about the 43-minute mark and talk about usually how the end game for many of us is organ harvesting. And he's trying to say just because he talked to Trump, no, everything's great, and no, that's not the case, and the foreign troops here aren't a problem. And I just spoke with a reporter about my story, and she said, oh, yes, I've been hearing all kinds of stories for years about the foreign troops in North Dakota. So she's able to confirm everything I've said to her. Meanwhile, this person is saying I'm mentally ill because I repeated what they said or what they told me. We have to be very concerned about the PIs within our community. And we also have to be very concerned about the 72-hour hold because that's how we're missing. And that hospital, I made it out, and I'm telling you, I don't know how many decades of employing people out of society where all of a sudden they just disappear. And some of them in particular were homeless. So who the hell knows where they went? Is anybody going to be checking on them? There was, there was a homeless guy uh, in there that may have been taken when I was there who may have been ar- organ harvested. Things looked very suspicious in how they were treating him. So what am I going to say? Um, well, there's this black man somewhere in his 40s, about 5'9", I'd say about 165, 70 pounds, you know. Uh, he's, he's homeless. Can anyone tell me what happened to him? How many people are going to laugh me out of a police station when I say that? Right. Nobody's going to care. And when I work with the homeless population, they're talking about mass homeless missing. And so people better wake up to the, to the awareness of, look at a plaintruth.info. About six months ago, they had an article on 200,000 missing homeless. I think it was in Santa Rosa. And this one woman, um, Susan Scuddy, she uh, was a college professor and a reporter, and she was going around the world discussing about how they brought in these foreign doctors and how they were doing organ harvesting mostly on homeless. I believe that. that many, yeah. And then this person was saying that was crazy that, you know, this isn't a kill program that we're in, and, uh, you know, they're just trying to scare us a little, and Trump's going to be the answer. No, Trump's the closer. Trump is a closer. The foreign troops are here. Everything's going down, and people are being picked up as dissidents. And we got to start watching ourselves, our, each other's back. As that gentleman was saying earlier, we've got to team up with other people that you click with. You know, I've got about four, five, six people now that I, I talk to fairly regularly, and we're trying to bring awareness to this. We got to bring well, awareness the- that you know, it, you, your kids. I mean, if if, if you happen to be Rh negative. Your kids are some of the most valuable organs that you can have out there. Males between 18 and 30. Well, Black you know what? Kim, you know what? One day I want to talk about, I want to do more research on the, the whole blood thing because I have people ask me all the time if their blood type has anything to do with their targeting. And some people think so. I, I really don't know the answer, but some people think that the rare blood types is, you know, automatically targeted. Well, um, I don't think it's necessarily your blood type. I think it's your protein type, the Rh factor. The um, oh. I'm all positive. My protein Rh factor is negative. So you can say I'm oh. a positive or a negative. That means nothing. 
It's are you RH, positive or negative? And then this false thing goes where, oh, you have the monkey gene. No, there is no monkey gene. The, t the test was developed using racist monkeys. It has nothing to do with monkeys. So it, it's one of those things where we have to be aware that many of these nasty people like um, Cheney and um, uh, Bush Sr. and David Rockefeller, you should look at HenryMacow.com where he had an homage to uh, uh, David Rockefeller showing what a nasty person he was and how he had like before he died like 10 or 11 heart transplants. And then Dick Cheney years ago was, um, on, I think it was Fox News, uh, bragging about how he's going to live forever because he has a heart of a 17-year-old kid. We, wow. uh, we need to look into some of the stuff that Dick, Dick Gregory did and those L.A. riots. Supposedly they, they arrested 18,000 black youth. Well, apparently there's a discrepancy in the numbers where they could only find 8,000 of those guys that were arrested. And Dick Gregory seemed to feel that he had information that those kids were taken to uh, an island off of, a Coast Guard island off of Oregon, where they were organ harvested. Oh, man. I believe it. Yeah, uh, start looking into Dick Gregory. I mean, I've been—I'm white, and I've been harassed by cops all the time. And it looks like police are instrumental in part of this targeting, and they're connected with the hospitals. And that's what looked what was going on in the hospital that I was at in Sanford. Now, okay, so give one second because something just crossed my mind. Talking about that. Um, if anybody has on in California, if you want to donate your organs, you can uh, put it on the back of your driver's license. I don't know if it's like that for other states, but in California, that's how it is. So if anyone plans to do donate their organs, I beg of you to think twice about that because I used to say, well, you know, I'm gonna be gone, so I don't care. I mean, if it if my eyes will help somebody to see or whatever, but I changed that whole that whole way of thinking because. If you say that you want to donate your organs, do you know that they will do nothing to save you? Nothing. You could you could break a leg, and they'll let you die. I, I they want to break you here. That isn't the only thing. They will set them in a car accident, and that's what Dick Gregory was getting into. They he said. Oh yeah, no, they'll, they'll do all of that. They'll do all of that. Wait, wait, hold on. They'll do all of that. They'll they'll cause stuff because they want those organs, and. When you're in the uh, funeral home, a lot of people discovered that their family members' organs were missing out of their bodies. So, yeah. Yes, uh, let me tell you something else I found out. Another TI, Philando Castile. It was a big deal here in the Twin Cities. The guy got shot. Uh, his girlfriend put it live on Facebook, and his three-year-old daughter was in the back as he got shot. The guy right, ended right. up in the hospital. He made it to the hospital. I want to know if they took his organs. They, he said that uh, he had a concealed carry. The reason he got a concealed carry is because he felt threatened. He felt like he was being followed. A friend that I ran, uh -huh. ran into that went to him with high school, he was describing everything that involves a TI. He felt his life was in jeopardy recently, and that's why he went out and got it. It oh. looks like he was being set up for that. Oh, well, so he was targeting. I don't know, but all of a sudden that guy, the police officer, gives seven shots to the arm and misses the organs because he feels oh. threatened, and then he dies at the hospital. You need to take the organs from a live body. It can't be from a dead body. Exactly so he died talking at about the hospital. Oh wow! We don't hear all that stuff on the news. Wow. No, I I went into a lot of this um on my video on Migs B, where it's um 
covert shipping and organ harvesting. Now we get shipped, and they can GPS us anywhere we are, and they can pick us up for our organs at any time they want. Do you know, Kim, I, do you know if there's an age limit on the people they want the organs? That's one question. I can tell you one thing. They were willing to lie on me. When I was in there um, three weeks before my hearing, they had to medical taxi my blood sample, and they had to force me into um, uh, doing all these heart tests, um, which you need for organ donation, primarily to check out the chest cavity and various other things. And they had to fax it over immediately to Anoka, where I knew there was an underground facility because I talked to a cop that was in it once before. Most of these things are done off-site, and they're done in a, a black market organ harvesting um, setting. It's not to be done out in the open, but sometimes it is, where it be like at like 3 in the morning or something where most people don't even know that's happening or being scheduled in the hospital. These things are going on all over the place all the time. And if you see the video where it's um, mixed beyond that, it'll go into all these examples of where it's not, it's not nationwide. It'll give you links to where you can find um, uh, examples where people are being organ harvested. Uh, it'll go into the Kendrick Johnson case where some people um, believe that his heart went to uh, Bush Sr. Uh, Trayvon Martin, you know, the big part of his case is his organs are missing. That's what Dick Gregory was all about. He knows, you know, we got to stop concentrating on saying, screaming about Black Lives Matter and start looking how they really matter. You know, it wasn't just that he was shot. It's looking that his organs were missing. This looks like I didn't know Trayvon. Why did you say Kim? You Kim, hold on. Huh? You're going too fast. Wait, you're going too fast. I didn't know Trayvon Martin's organs were missing. Yes, they were missing. Really? Yeah. Go look at Dick Gregory. That's where he got so upset about the whole thing. He you can find him on YouTube where he's doing interviews. He goes, the big the big thing about that, his father was a thirty third degree mason. A lot of these guys do these for sacrifice. They get sacrificed and they get well, wait, 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 Kim, Kim, Kim. Mm -hmm. Trayvon Martin's dad, Michael Brown's dad, were both mate high masons and they look very similar. If you look at both of their fathers, remember uh, Michael Brown got killed, I think before Trayvon Martin, maybe a little bit after. Their fathers look eerily similar. And it makes you wonder if, if they kind of, hopefully, not involved. Well, if you listen to uh, George Webb, he talks about there's something called uh, sowing a seed. And that's where he was getting into, starts on day 82 on his George Webb channel and it goes on to day 120 or something where it goes into everything where um dying core killing is um big money our organ harvesting is big money something like that killing is good business that's the name but killing is good business and he goes into the cia when when they were going into haiti and everything and started an organ trade he talks about the cia has something called sowing a seed now what you'll do is you get involved with a local Haitian girl or something, and you'll say you'll have a child to her, and then in the future you'll have a set of organs that are a good match. So you'll you'll say that you're sponsoring a child over in Haiti when actually what you're doing is just um, supporting your future organs of what you may need. And so when oh. I was um, in the hospital, my father lied to get me in there along with a cousin I had never met before that was friends with all these hospital people. 
And last I heard, he was very upset that I got out due to the fluke. And so we, we haven't talked to each other for years. We hardly ever talked. And all of a sudden, I found out that um, he was in the Mayo Clinic with congestive heart failure. Now, part of that is, is I also ran into Katrina Hagen, who was part of the Psychic Kids program and is familiar with the uh, Super Soldiers as well. And she traced to some of her targeting to Homeland Square, where a lot of organ harvesting is going through there, and that's where um, George Webb said that was the center of it. But she tracked hers down to a Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. So it sounds like the Mayo Clinics are involved with this as well. Oh, man. Now, let me ask you this, Kim. Where are all these organs going to? I know a lot of these people in government want to use them to try to stay young, but where are all these organs going to? Are they, are they, Doug, please don't tell me they're not using them for spirit cooking and all of that. Well, uh, 11 of them went to, um, what's his name, uh, David Rockefeller. Heaven knows how many went to George Bush. Supposedly, like, so far, seven have gone to Dick Cheney or something like that. Uh, Henry Macko is keeping account. Uh, there's this guy on Wodum on YouTube, W0TM. It's like a ham call letter. And he did this thing. Tesla was right. And he claimed he held the second highest clearance in the nation. And he saw all the Tesla papers. And he was talking about how he personally knew Ray Kurzweil and how they were trying to rush to transhumanism states. He said, right now, the current transhumanism state is taking organs from people who don't want to give them up. It's a 22-minute video, or 23 minutes, somewhere in there, and you listen to it. And he talks like a scientist, so he talks really slow, and you kind of have to speed it up a little to like keep your attention on it. But um, he goes into so many details on what is going on, it just blows your mind. And he'll just say one thing in a sentence, and if you aren't paying attention, you miss it. Okay, Kim, who is that, and how can we find him? Uh, he's on YouTube. It's Wodum, W-0-T-M, as zero as in the number. It's in ham call letters. And his uh -huh. video is um, Tesla is right. And he claimed that he was going to be a whistleblower and he's going to give all this information out. And he did about a dozen videos. And the last video, he was talking about how people were trying to kill him. And then all of a sudden, for the longest time, he didn't have any videos. And then all of a sudden, I noticed in the comments section, everybody's saying, rest in peace. Oh. He's giving, um, he's so skinny on um, more gallons and transhumanism and all kinds of stuff that's going on in politics. And he was talking about how he got to read all the Tesla papers and how he was murdered. And he's going into all kinds of details. And then he ends up dead. Uh, he ended up getting um, more gallons. And I guess he had a little part in it. He was very sorry that he did it. And that's kind of like um, how he came forward. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at his page. I see a lot about Morgellons in here. Yeah, hmm. um, if you see the first one, Tesla was right. So you're not I see Tesla was Peter. correct. Yeah, I see Tesla was correct. Um, and yeah. then Tesla was right part two, but I don't see Tesla was right part one. Okay, that's okay. Tesla was correct. Yeah, it's uh, probably a dozen videos from his last video. He do it on his more recent videos, and uh, that that was the one, the first one where he goes in Tesla is how he starts talking about the organ trade and how he personally knew 
Rick Kurzweil. And currently, these elites, that's what they're doing right now to keep them alive, is um, organ harvesting. That's what keeps them young. All these billionaires and trillionaires and, you know, high-level masons, you know, they're, they're never in need. But they want us to believe that, oh, we're doing a charitable thing to the little kid next door that, you know, is losing their life. And it's not going to them. I used to be an organ donor, and let me tell you, my targeting ramped up severely, and I didn't know what was going on at the time. Now I understand it. And then I ended up looking like I had MS or something, so I took myself off. Well, it seemed to back off a bit after I did that, but I didn't correlate the two. Well, there's another thing that they do with you. If you you listen to um, George Webb in there and go through his videos, he talks about how they want to give people an autoimmune disease because if you have a low um, uh, a low immunity, you're less likely to have a rejection, so your organs aren't fighting the body. And so, you're at a higher with the autoimmune disease, you're at a higher risk for cancer as well. And I could have swore my doctor told me I had an autoimmune deficiency, so I'm going to ask her the next time I talk to her. They want to suppress the immune system so you're so the body won't likely reject it. The rejection rate goes lower. He goes into that. And when they were talking about, you know, uh, when I was looking at my um, my charts and I got my medical records after I left, um, I was I told uh, they were trying to force me on drugs, and I go, uh, there's a lot of heart problems in my family. I don't want to take anything, period, with heart things. Um, they'll give you any heart problems. I refused all their drugs anyway. So the doctor said, just make it sound like you're, my lawyer said, just make, make it sound like you're trying to get along with these people for a little while. And so I take their supplements. And once they, um, once I got the medical records, it said I had no history of heart problems in my family. Uh, it's so they blocked out that I had anything dealing with Lyme disease. So they made me sound like I was absolutely perfectly healthy person by altering my records. So they can, you can be like a 50 year old person. Uh, you can be 70 year old and they'll still get parts from you because your bone marrow is worth, uh, $23,000 a gram. Supposedly, they exhumed a 93-year-old woman out of a graveyard in Chicago to steal her bone marrow because it's still good 17 days after your death. Wow. This is an unusual thing about Stanford Hospital. They have a, a very close ties with China. And when you know it's China, what they do with their dissidents is immediately they're tissue typed and they're using the organ trade. Well, it seems like that's being done more in a stealth manner in this country because supposedly we have more organ transplants in this country than all of China. Is there a way wow. those numbers when they're like four times their population? Right. Oh, goodness. That's terrible. Check out my MIGSB video um, where it goes into uh, covert shipping and black market organ harvesting. And it goes into a lot of links and things you can look up. And it 
connects Sanford Hospital also with this chipping of doing something that the government calls brain augmentation. And it connects you with supercomputers and certain-like facilities that are in this country. Now, this is the bizarre part. Okay. So uh, a friend of mine had told me about an underground city under Fargo. She also told me the person who t- originally told about the story, they felt that family member was replaced. I'm like, what do you mean replaced? Apparently, she saw her in church one day, and the following Sunday, uh, well, one Sunday she saw that she cut all her hair off and it was short. The following Sunday, she got there and all her hair had grown back. And she oh. didn't recognize its own sister, and her husband that was with her didn't recognize her as well. All of a sudden, supposedly there's glitches in the system, and supposedly they talk about, um, they were saying that they had a cloning center associated with this hospital. And like, that's just bizarre. And they're talking about how they're replacing people. So if your organs get harvested, something else comes out, but you're no longer there. And it's like, are you kidding me? Where'd you come up with this case? And so then I call, um, explain what happened to me because I got chipped from head to toe and I got what is called um, covert drug uh, packets that release drugs that's in your system at certain times. And so I'm talking two groups. One, I go to an exorcist and I go into all the details of the things that I've heard, which would take an entire hour without even taking a breath. And this exorcist said, it sounds like you have a better grasp on this than most people do. I didn't say I believe in the cloning or anything, but he wasn't going to deny it. And then I run into this group, uh, Russ Dizdar, who shattered the darkness. And supposedly this guy talking about the Black Awakening, the Black Dawn, about all this stuff. And I come in and talk about all this chipping that they go in the hospital and people are disappearing and they're taking them. And uh, I'm also hearing a story about um, the St. Jewish tradition of golems. And what it is is you take some sort of vessel, like cloning, and what you do what the um, Nazis did is they were pure Satanists, is they conjured up demons to inhabit the body. That's what you have with uh, dissociative identity disorder. A lot of times it can be cured with an exorcist and the possession will drive the demon out and then all of a sudden the person's exactly, excuse me, how they were before. And so there is, seems to be a connection with possession and these multiple personalities. And I'm just like, this is what I'm being told. Now this goes back to ancient Jewish tradition where they used to do this and it's called a golem. And that's what they were doing in the spirit cooking with Marina Abramovich. I'm like, this, uh, this is what I'm being told. I didn't say I said it was true or anything. I said, this is what I'm being told, not just from one source. That's why I'm asking you, what are you saying? And I can tell you that they're chipping people and they're doing this robotization. And I go, what are you, what are you doing about it? And they're just like, well, you know, we know about all this, but, you know, we much prefer to tell people about the love of Jesus. So they totally believe it. And they say they know about it. And they go, there's all these, and I tell them, well, I hear about uh, this one area in North Dakota, about 600,000 foreign troops. What can you tell me about it? And I go, could that explain this uh, golem and where Putin is talking about his super soldiers? And he talks about this dark awakening where there's uh, dark energy, demon, demonically in charged uh, armies. And he said uh, something somewhere between 200 million and 500 million of these things. I'm like, are you serious? 
and that, that that's why I'm getting back. And um, supposedly, this Russ Dizdar's group totally believes in it, totally knows about it, and they go, but you can't tell people it's just too much for them to handle. So um, we just talk about the love of Jesus. Well, what about talking about you going to these hospitals and get chipped, and all of a sudden you get hooked up to some sort of stern supercomputer so you can have that this AI technology following you everywhere. I have drones following me everywhere. What's going on with that? Why don't you warn people about that? Oh, it's just too, far, too much for them to understand. Well, you're spending all your time talking about CERN halfway across the world. Why aren't you talking the one in San Francisco? Why aren't you talking the one in L.A.? Why aren't you talking the one in Colorado, the one in Leeds, South Dakota, the one in Minnesota, the one in Chicago? How about the one in New York or Pennsylvania? You know, pick one. I understand there's, there's a also, CERN. Um, wait, 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 wait. Kim, Kim, there's a CERN in San Francisco? Yeah, supposedly it's connected with Stanford University. This is part of their Berkeley thing. Yeah, you got it there. That's part of the AI system. Why do you think you guys are getting hit so hard out there? You were part of, the, you were the satanic capital. That's where Anton LaVey first put his church up there for the Church of Satan. Well, yeah. So they're, I mean, they're I know that. everything there. Yeah, you I know got, you that, but that. I didn't know there was a yeah. yeah, supposedly all these things are put in where supposedly there is a gate to hell. That's where they put these uh, CERN facilities at. They're literally trying to open the gates of hell. And so supposedly there's a gate under San Francisco, and that's why they're doing it. They're trying to break the foundations of the earth to open the gates of hell, dealing with dark matter. Neutrinos, I believe they call it. This stuff gets way out there. But you think yeah. it's so strange and so far far out there. But look at all the crazy stuff that Hitler did and all these other people. You find, you go to dark journalists and you'll find what started soon actually was Nazi scientists. They were channeling yeah. spirits from the other side trying to figure out how to work this stuff. They're talking about this stuff halfway around the world and they're going to say, oh, you know, but in the future when the Antichrist comes and this is going, well, no, people don't realize that in the time of one will be taken, one will be left now. People are being taken all over the place. Nobody seems to notice. The PlainTruth.info article was talking about 200 missing homeless just in Santa Rosa. Yeah. I was in the uh, I heard Los Angeles, too. I, yeah. heard, I heard Los Angeles has a lot of missing homeless. Yeah. Who misses them? And then when I was in the hospital, one of the other people that they were trying to get rid of was a former military guy that was part of our... Um, uh, genocide that we're doing over there in Afghanistan. He was part of the group that was rounding up men, women, and children. They dug a trench, blew a hole in their head, and then just dumped them there. We're committing genocide, going from one town to town all over Afghanistan. Supposedly there's a gate to hell there, too. That's why they're doing that. You think that this is just arbitrarily where they're going. Now, each time when they start a war and where we go into it is to open a gate of hell. You have to, you have, to have an incredible amount of bloodshed. It's like, it sounds crazy to the average person, but you, can, you can't look at how you see it. You actually have to look at these occultists see it. They think they're ringing in the golden age. And so a lot of us, supposedly, he said that he, there were eight fully activational, activated camps that he knew of in this country. He, he didn't say that there weren't more. He said just of what he knew of, there were eight fully activated camps. And that was um, a year and a half ago. And I didn't ask him how long they were activated or where they were. But he admitted that to my friend who came to visit me. So he admitted to, so there's two witnesses. They tried to take me in for fraudulent charges. 
they're taking out their own guys too that can can um tell where all the dead bodies are. Anyone can start to whistleblow on that stuff. They're they're being eliminated too. About one third to one half the people at Sanford Hospital where I got shunted into, that's what was going on there. We're basically political dissidents. Yeah. Wow, that's some deep stuff. Well, you guys, we are about 45 minutes past due, so I'm going to close. Um, Charles, are you still there? If Charles wanted to say anything. Charles? Yeah, okay, yeah, I want to add on that um, um, a lot of what he said is true, okay, because uh, I remember back in the early 80s, I this uh, hotel on 8th Avenue and, uh, and 34th Street, mm-hmm. okay, and, and um, every every Friday, every Friday night, late Friday night, they used to, um, um, three white bands would be out there, parked out there in front of that hotel, okay, collecting the homeless. And there was a lot of talk about the people that um, go, okay, they never see them again. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I've been hearing those stories for years. I believe it too. But it's not just the homeless. When we end up in the hospital as a TI, we're on a list and all of a sudden we're we're set up for um it looked like I was they were ready for me when I entered the hospital. They forced me in there and it looks like they were gonna take my organs. A lot of us And you know this is this is this is why I believe that all of their tactics are done for a reason in their sick minds. And I'm saying that because I believe that the isolation that they try to force TIs into, you know, isolation and everybody betraying you and you end up with no friends or relatives that you're in touch with because they want you to be alone. So if they disappear you or kidnap you and put you in a mental institution or take your organs nobody's checking on you it it, you know it means a lot yeah it means a lot when you have support of family members or friends or somebody checking up on you and that's why i think that we need to uh, form some sort of um communication amongst ourselves but then that gets infiltrated you know, because that's 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 part of the whole thing where they infiltrate into the TI community as well. So then we don't have anybody who's accountable for us or who we're keeping in touch with. But I think it's super important that we do. You know, and I but have I tried to, to give. Point. My... Mm-hmm. If I can make one point here, one quick interjection. Too much this of our efforts have been in our free speech zone of TIs. We have to go outside our zone a bit and talk to other people. People are being affected by this uh, COINTELPRO project right now, and that's the gun rights people. If they realize what's going on, they're being taken. Because right now they're being taken. Uh, I heard they're taking them in Jersey. There were like 300 in Broward County. Uh, there were some in Arizona. It was in Gunpowder Magazine. was one of them. I believe Blacklisted News. Um, my friend Deb had it. I don't know if she's on the call. But there were these people are being taken a mass right now. And I was uh, well. I, I think uh, uh, yeah. One of the people who's really good about reaching people outside of the community. Well, it used to be Elvira before she passed away. Rest in peace. But um, Ken Rhodes. Ken Rhodes really like he was in touch with the ranchers when that whole thing went down, and they yeah. shot up the ranchers and put them Who in jail. The one who 
He was the one who was cool. saying that this isn't true and this isn't going on. And then he fed me a lie that I repeated. And then he went around telling people I was mentally ill. Who? Ken Rhodes. He was the oh, one I was referring well. to earlier. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't said, know. Said, oh no, this isn't a kill program, and you know Trump wouldn't do that. And we go, well, what about the Fourth Amendment? He said, send me the videos, and then he never looks at it. And then well, there's other people I, I, well, that were going wait, wait, the same wait, thing. And they well, let me just say this. Okay, hold on, hold on, Kim. Let me say this. Um, I don't know about your interaction with Ken Rose, but Ken has been nothing but good to me. And I've seen him be really good to people in this community, even people who, who he did who he doesn't know. Um, so I don't know what's going on with you and him, but um Kim has Ken has been a really good um a very good supporter of the TI community. I know that That's he is but hold on, I know that he is a Donald Trump supporter. He is, you know, a Republican, and he'll yeah. tell you that. But I, that that to me doesn't matter. I don't care what, you know, how people affiliate themselves. That's up to the individual. But he's he has not done anything wrong to me, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him because Ken's been, been real good to people in this community. He, he paid, Ken paid, I, well, I won't tell his business, but Ken has spent a lot of money helping people in this community, putting up billboards out of his own pocket and all kinds of stuff and got treated real bad. Yeah, and he asked me to send videos that he never looked at, and I had a couple other people come and verify what was being said, and then he started telling people that I'm mentally ill. Oh, well, I, and I, I don't look know at any of the videos that I sent him. Okay, I don't and know then anything I asked about you to that. get this information to Deborah Chaveras about these six hundred thousand troops and the reason for the um water supply thing uh with the uh North Dakota pipeline was to poison the aquifer. That's how they're gonna mm -hmm. get people off that land. Okay, so and, I wanna uh, this is what I wanna do. I wanna go back to where I was starting uh, where I was going with the conversation. I was saying how it's really important how we need to be in communication with at least one other TI in case something happens. In case, because there was a time where I was getting pulled over by the police constantly, but before targeting, I never got pulled over. And one of the first things I would do would, would, would be to call someone on the phone. And I think it's important for us to establish connections with someone so that if something happens, it's really important to know for them to know that you have support and that you have someone checking on you, whether you're in the hospital. I remember one of the TIs got stabbed real bad by some perps. And and he called me while he was on the stretcher getting in the ambulance. You know, he's like, I'm I'm getting in the ambulance, you know, I just got stabbed. And so it's really very important. If anybody is on this call and you want to use me as that connection person, um, feel free, you know, no problem. Just let me know that you use me or, or whatever, because I just think it's just so important. And uh, I would like to give my family member somebody one of the TI's phone numbers as well, um, just in case Like you never know that we can we can advocate for each other. And we have done that before. Um, to try to help people get out of bad situations, mental institutions or whatever. So um, it, it, it's just another one of their um, tactics that they use to just keep everybody separated. And we shouldn't let that happen because we're all targeted and we should, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't allow that I, to happen. I can tell you that works. I tried to call um, 
uh, Human Services for Ottertail County and the person in charge of it uh, because I asked for the number for the ombudsman person to complain about what happened to me in the hospital. They actually uh-huh. called and did a welfare check on me. And the guy was ready to take me in. If it wasn't the fact that there was already a person here and another person on the phone in communicate with someone who was a reporter and two uh-huh. priests, the guy backed down. Good. See? They were ready it to makes take a me. Difference. Yeah, it makes a difference because if you're all alone, I mean, they, they're going to have their way. But if you have people... Like been... uh-huh, Does anyone have an idea how this information can get out? Because a lot of people refuse to believe it and won't look at the evidence. I got loads of medical records that contradict each other. And it looks surprisingly... I, I was committed on paper. And they even talked about how they're colluding with one with one another on the on the paperwork on the medical records. I mean, this is just well. When you when you say when you say how the information can get out, I think you have a YouTube channel, so that's one of the main ways because YouTube is huge. So you know, yeah, get it out that way. Video. I have the most popular video on Ramola D, and I can't I can't get anywhere on this. Um, it seems like everywhere I go, it gets blocked. And we're we're dying well, right now. How can we make this aware? And then other TIs that I talked to, oh no, that really isn't happening. I talked to Donald Trump, and they're just trying to scare you. They aren't killing anybody. Well, you can't worry about that. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's how I look at it. And I just don't waste my time on situations like that. So just keep it moving. If if you know you can you can tweet your your link out to your video you can uh put it on uh, uh, all the social I, media i'm not right i'm not a tweet i don't have a computer my computer i have to work I tomorrow in a couple weeks okay well ask Ramola to i don't know you just have to be creative did, did you talk to your mom uh, she worked tomorrow no. let me put her on mute hold on I don't know okay. what's going on there. Yeah, you, yeah, that was somebody um, was talking in the background. I put her on mute. You you just have to be creative. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, I've been working if you don't have for a long time. Here, I mean, and I left people behind yeah. in that hospital that I promised to help. And they're taking people mm-hmm. hand over fist right now ever since I left over a year and a half ago. And I can't get traction anywhere. And even Well, you're going to have reverse, to try to get yourself to the... You have to try to get yourself to a library, to a computer, or try to save money to get you a Kindle or something, which doesn't cost as much as a laptop. Um, you know, because oh, like, you, you don't understand. They left me in such a state after the hospital. I can't even stand for more than about twenty minutes. I couldn't take the forty-minute drive to make it to a library. Okay, well, try to save your money to get yourself like a, uh, a Kindle or something, which is a little bit over $100. But whatever I get, I don't do four computers. All of a sudden, I get one, and the chat box will come on, and it'll say, I'm your worst nightmare was one of them. And shortly thereafter, uh, my computer was fried. Okay, well, I don't know what to tell you. If nothing will work, then nothing will work. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it for me, it's hard to deal with those TIs where everything is not going to work so i if it won't work it won't work i mean what I, can i'm you just do? trying to get any names of anyone that i can talk to any reporters because we have to go outside our community and get this i was able to actually talk to my uh first reporter in a long time just the other day 
whether it will go anywhere, I don't know, but they were the ones that were the Fourth Amendment that saw that um, where Trump just put um, legislation through where all of a sudden it can be taken in secret and tried in these um, Marsh, basically under martial law in secret and nobody would even know about it because it's sealed and uh, basically uh, there's a right to murder cops pretty much yeah. uh, have a free for all these people are following us, the fire department the EMT um, pretty much they have carte blanche to do what they want I don't really know any reporters I know that one, what was she, the examiner uh, her name was Deborah something she, I think she's a TI herself, and she would write different articles. Um, I can't think of her name though. Deborah something. Hmm, if I think of it, I'll let you know. But well, we're gonna go ahead and close. I'm on, we're gonna go ahead and close because we're way over, and I have some things I need to do okay. I have to go well, work. Sorry for taking your time. No, don't be sorry. You gave us some really good information, Kim. Come back next week and share some more stuff with us. And I'm gonna um I'm gonna look at that Tesla was right um video. I'm gonna look at that tonight. So thank you so much. Okay, well, I hope uh people look into it. Uh I I even have a clip on that um on that uh covert shifting and black market harvesting on my Mix B video where it shows the 42nd clip of Trump saying guns first, due process second, you know, because he's saying that, you know, we're a bunch of crazy people. Yes, you know, these crazy people aren't entitled to due process. So they just have to label any of us as crazy, and then all of a sudden you're taken in this chart, star chamber and you disappear. Thank you. Wow, that's deep. Thank you. And thank you, everyone. Did anyone else want to say anything? Start too before we end. If you want to say something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say something about the, um, the um, gun control thing. Uh huh. Yeah, is that um, I noticed, what I, what I noticed is that, okay, um, guns has always been in existence for, uh, you know, since what? Since 1700s and stuff like that, even before that. But here's the point. What I'm, what I'm bringing up is that, okay, um, these mass shootings that's taking place, okay, I noticed that um, back in the 70s, it didn't happen back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, you had plenty of guns then. So what's the difference between then and now, back in the 70s? It started... Uh, that shooting started somewhere in the 80s, okay, and stuff like that. So, I mean, in other words, the point I'm getting at is that um, I can't exactly say it's because of the guns. That's what, what, what is because of the guns, Charles? But it's a massive shooting. Oh, I see. Well, yeah, there are a lot of people that say the guns are not the problem, the people are. Because I mean, yo, the guns has always been, I mean, been around from, since when? Yeah. Okay, and you didn't have it back in the 70s, the 60s, and the 50s. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's, that's just my point. That's well, there point. were guns in the 70s. There were guns in the 60s. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, but you didn't have mass shootings. Right, that's true. That's my point. It's this whole mentality. Yeah, that, yeah, that is true. That is true. 
I don't know what's causing all these mass killings. I I I, I don't know. But it has to stop. But I do think that people have a right to bear arms, should have a right to bear arms, I should say. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Because I think that people um should be able to defend themselves if they should ha you know, if they need to. But I do think that the people need to be stable who have who have guns. I remember my uncle, my uncle who believed in carrying guns back in the sixties and seventies and believed in giving his children guns. He um when they became of age, he used to tell me that, you know, you have to be very stable and level-headed to carry a gun because he said, if you have a confrontation with someone, um, it could be a situation where you would otherwise talk it out or fight it out, you know, just fight, fist fight. He said, if you have a gun, you're going to be quicker to pull that gun and just kill him if you're not a level-headed person. Mm -hmm when you really could just fight it out if that's what you need to do. He used to always tell us that. And um, I don't think he ever shot anybody, you know, aside from threatening his children's boyfriends and stuff like that. But I don't think he ever shot anyone um, because he was a level-headed person. But he used to say that guns should never land in the hands of unstable people because they'll, they'll just be so quick-tempered and just kill people, you know? But I, I I think that people should be able to defend themselves. And you know what I later found out? That those, you know how the government has those buyback programs or the police department has those buy, gun buyback programs? That's part of disarming the population. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hang on, you guys. My phone is ringing. Hold on. Hello? Hey, what's up, baby? Hey. You on your way? Okay. Oh yeah, I heard. Okay, I'm still on my call. I'll call you right back, okay? Well, what where are you anyway? Oh, so it's gonna be a while. Okay. Aw, that's so sweet. Okay, see you soon. Bye. Okay, sorry you guys. And you know what? I'm so sorry that you guys have to hear my conversation, but when I'm um talking through the computer, which I'm doing, I don't think um I can put it on mute. So that's why you guys hear me talking. So I apologize for that because I never used to do that before. But now with this new platform, I, I'm not real sure on how to use it. So I'm gonna do this test, okay? I'm about to put the computer on mute. And then you guys tell me if you can hear me, okay? I know you will, Charles, because you're on my phone. But let me see if um, you guys will hear me. Okay, I'm still talking, 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 talking. Do you guys hear me? Okay, I'm going to take it off and mute and ask you guys. Okay, tell me if you guys just heard what I just said. Okay, did you just hear me when I said I'm on mute, I'm talking, talking, talking? Did you hear me, Kim? Hello? Heard you. I heard you. Oh, uh, when I said uh, you're on mute, I'm talking, talking, talking. You heard that? Yep. Yeah, I heard that. Oh. See, I don't have a way to put this this on. I don't have a way to put the computer on mute. Darn. Okay, hang on one second. Let me let Charles finish his thought, okay? And then I'll come back to you. Hold on, Kim. No, no, I said, I said everything. I said, I said what I was. Oh, you were done? Okay, go ahead, Kim. Go ahead. 
Um, part of what we're experiencing right now is they're taking people who are of sound mind and they're saying we're all crazy so they can all just take us and confiscate the guns. So that's hmm. part of why they're saying this program, there is an agenda behind it. They're saying that just everyone is crazy who owns a gun and that's how everybody's being picked up right now. There were 300 people in Broward County they did that to alone. From one area, there were like 500 in Arizona. They just hit Oregon and New Jersey. Uh, New York, it's happening as well. We're, we're being disarmed right now. Yeah. So let me ask Kim Broward, is that is that Florida? Broward County, that's Florida? Yeah, that was the area that supposedly Elvira was from. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know Elvira, but that's what other people were telling me. I, I'm oh like, these calls. He was an angel. Okay, you guys, I'm going to walk away from the phone. I'm going to walk away from the phone for a minute. So go ahead and talk, Charles, Kim, and uh, I think that's Adrian570. I just unmuted you. You guys go ahead. I'll be back in a minute. In um, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, between 3 and 6 a.m., virtually every night, they're picking up people on Baker Axe. So how is it that suddenly uh, mental illness becomes a virus between 3 and 6 a.m. every night? Foreign troops are here, and we're being taken. Adrian, are you there? Did I unmute you? Yes, I, I, I can hear you. Yeah, go ahead and talk, you guys. I'll be right back. Uh, I was just listening. I don't have anything to add to that. Oh, okay. That, that, this is how Russia and China and all the Eastern Bloc people took people. This is how Hitler took people in the beginning. Anyone who disagrees with the government is mentally ill. And that's how no. many of us are portrayed as mentally ill, and now we're disappearing. And with it, okay, we may make it out, but then because we've been Baker Acted, we don't have the right to have guns. And so the foreign troops are here, too. Many of the people who are perping us are foreign military that are here. I don't know if anyone has an idea how to get this information out. I don't know because um, I was um, on an Indian reservation in uh, Spirit Lake when this guy was hired by our military to work with foreign troops up there, and he said there were 600,000 of them. Now, I recently found out on the White Earth Indian Race Reservation, that's about 50 miles from me, that basically it's going under lockdown, and all of a sudden they've never seen so many undercover police there in their lives, and it's worse than when they were in L.A. Mm -hmm. It's looking like uh, the reservations are kind of outposts. All right, you guys. Well. We will go ahead and end the call if you guys are done. Thank you. And thank you all for coming to the call. And uh, next week, I guess, will be one week before Christmas, right? Not even a whole week yeah. before Christmas. 
Now, normally around this time, we usually do the, um, I usually do like a Christmas party, play Christmas music and games and prizes and all of that. But I don't think I'm going to do it this year. Last year, the participation wasn't that good, so I probably won't do it. But I appreciate you guys coming to the call, and please come again next week. Okay. Okay, have a blessed week, you guys. You too. And Charles, Charles, okay, bye, you guys. Charles, I'll talk to you soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.